0: Alright, so, um, I don't know how to start this, because (laughs) the movie we're about to talk about today is so, like, it's probably the most over-the-top thing I've probably ever watched, now, in hindsight. Um, Welcome to the Master Movie Podcast, everybody. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, I got Alex here with me. Um, hello. Oh um,
1: man. I don't know. I I mean, yeah, Rambo doesn't really have like, he has like a, a small kind of theme to his music, but he doesn't really have like a strong theme.
0: No.
1: Like, I guess you could have gone with the trailer for this movie, which is the, uh, classic, um, uh, uh, new metal song. Let the bodies hit the floor. Uh, um, Ugh. yeah, gonna, cause that's pretty much what happens in this movie. <laughs>
0: It is. Um, bodies
1: hit, the floor. chunks of bodies hit the floor.
0: We unfortunately could not have Zach with us today. Uh, he is a very a very busy person, uh, often big things in the world. Um,
1: we miss you, Zach. Here's our "We Miss You, Zach" song. We miss you, Zach. Come give us news tonight.
0: I'll give you a piece of news.
1: Oh oh um, that sounded
0: sexual. I'll get, yeah, I'll give you a piece of news. Uh, Alex is joining American Idol as of right now. He's um, already signed.
1: American Idol is, is like, stupid and, like, over. It's the voice now. I'm sorry. It's
0: the voice. <laughs> okay. I,
1: I hope Maroon 5 picks me. Zach, your pronoun game is missed so much.
0: They can get, you can get yelled at for uh, taking your shirt off on national television.
1: Uh, it's not so much that he took his shirt off on national television, it's the fact that his entire body was covered with tattoos, and it just doesn't fit his image, and also they suck.
0: (laughs) Throw in shade already.
1: (laughs) Come on, man, they, like, they had some good, they had a couple good records before they became famous, really funky ones, then their big hit one had some hits on it, we all know it, and then they
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You cut out. (laughs) You cut out. (laughs) You're gone. I can't hear you now. Stand by, everybody. Okay, we're back. (laughs) My phone just died. And I had to bring it back to life. Ugh. I still
1: don't like Maroon (laughs) 5. Nowadays. I just don't like Maroon 5 nowadays. (sighs)
0: The
1: sugar wave of our generation. I stand by that.
0: So, um... Looking through news here. Um... I'm not seeing anything. So there are two things that we should talk about. And, uh... Something that happened... Earlier this week, Alex, I sent you the link via Facebook. Did you get that?
1: What was it about?
0: To uh, Dave Bautista's new movie.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> Killer's game, good. everyone.
1: That does look. That does look right up my alley. I think Dave Bautista has the charm to pull something like that off.
0: <laughs> so hold on, I gotta. I got. I have to explain this to people. So, Killer's Game is apparently a movie. A no, it's, it was a book. Now it's gonna be made into a movie about a hitman given a terminal diagnosis, and then gets the brilliant idea. Whoops! I just knocked something over again. Who gets the brilliant idea to put a hit on himself? So now, and then it turns out it was a false, it was a false report that he got, and he's in perfectly good health, and now he has everybody on, it's like John Wick 3, but self-imposed, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like, it's the, it's the plot of a spoof movie for John Wick 3, like, we're, we're watching, we watched a Rambo movie, a spoof of the Rambo movies was part, Hot Shots Part 2, and that would be like that's kind of what the plot of that movie was. It was a made-up plot close to like it, put a twist on the Rambo ones. So like that's the same thing here, except instead of being a spoof, they're actually making a genuine action movie out of it and putting somebody in there that can do action and probably be a very charming person too. I don't know. I like him as Drax, but I, I the other thing, I, the only other thing I've really seen him in was the Bond movie. And then since then, I haven't really spent time with any of his directed dvd stuff.
0: The second so that movie I'm comes interested. out... That sounds great. The second that movie comes out, we're reviewing it. Uh, I will <laughs> it bypass the wheel for that movie. And that movie ain't coming out for a while.
1: Yeah, um... I, I think the guy deserves it. If you, I, I mean, either that or he's like the nicest guy at your job, who's like, "I'm dying, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna offer a bunch of money for you guys, real quick, just a nice little gift to all my assassin friends." And then he finds out it's bad, and people are like, oh, "That the the it, it's a negative," and, and I don't know, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, you, I, why would they not believe him? I guess for the money. Terrible friend.
0: What if he's like? What if he thinks he's nice, but he's actually like he—he—he he, he comes across as condescending. So like he's gonna, so he thinks in his mind, okay, I'm gonna do that. And hey,
1: John, I know you have been—I know you've been having a terrible year being an assassin. I guess if, if that's what you want to call yourself, I'm gonna give you a little throw ahead. I've got a disease, so you can just go. I'll be in my house at eight o'clock tonight watching uh, the Voice. There's some guy named Alex on there. Uh, I really want to watch it before I die. So <laughs> just come and go. Because I know, over. I know you need it. You need this, right? You need it. I see the way your wife looks at you. Is she your wife? I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't. And she doesn't like uh, talk to people at parties. She just sits in the background. Um, oh, she's she's deaf. I'm sorry. <laughs> Put that in the killing at eight. Put that in the killing at eight o'clock central. <laughs>
0: That movie's going to be so insane. Like, I hope I hope it lives up to what we're hyping it to be cuz that sounds so stupid. Oh, it's so great.
1: Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to have I just wanted to have a sense of humor about itself. Right. I mean, when people think of something like that, and they're like crank, like crank. Crank has an attitude that you can only get from that director team, but I want this to just have like <coughs> I want this to be fun but have like a sense of to to, to like have a sense of humor about itself but also be cool All right. i don't want it to be like frantic like crank not everybody has to be that because nobody does it as well as those dudes those two guys did they would just walk down the street and be like "Ooh, there's an electrical box uh let's have our electrician look at it make sure it's safe well pyro owns uh pyrotechnics to it and then we can have like jason statham pretend he's getting electrocuted on it and they just thought of that stuff on the moment for fun that that's the kind of reason that their stuff is frantic but also charming and other people trying to do that with these sorts of plots don't always do it well.
0: Yeah. Um. So the next thing we were going to talk about, and we were just talking about this before we went on. Um, wait, wait, wait! You don't
1: want out the the mild spoilers for Endgame that came out?
0: Okay. So yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Who? Okay. Listen. This is probably the most secure movie in, like, in terms of, like, security. Like, you, this is probably the most protected movie of all, like, of all time. Because they even got Tom Holland's lines separately, um... From everybody else's. Because he runs his mouth. Because he can't keep his mouth shut. They've said that themselves. They went to extra lengths. To make sure. That the spoilers don't get out for this. And. Uh, even to the point where Robert Downey Jr. Is apparently the only Avenger. Who has, read the, who has read the script. The only one. How in the world does. Footage. Leak. One week ahead of this movie. First of all, it should just let you
1: know that a technical age is is scary one at that. But also, um, I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. actually read the thing. He's, I looked at a lot, a lot of the reviews and he, or interviews, and he seems like he hasn't seen it or knows what's going on. That's they like, could be lying though. They could all be lying.
0: Right. If the if they shot uh, fake footage for marketing, then anything anything can happen at this point. I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't really watch the interviews for, like, information. I watch it because I feel like everyone doing them is genuinely having a good time. Um, but, yes, like, Ruffalo leaks a lot, too. So they shot, like, five different endings for him. And anytime he talks about that, he always gives away a little bit of information. And the way he gives it away, it's like he believes some of it. And I always watch the other people he's interviewing, so I'm wondering if they know stuff, too. But, like, that's just a fun game. I, but, honestly, I don't trust any of them. That's the, That's the point. That's why I haven't looked at the footage. Because although I am kind of a spoilery guy, I'm with everyone. It's not because I'm invested so much in this. It's, it's more so I ju- I'm kind of along for the ride, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. Game of Thrones may be a different thing. Like, I've jumped on the Game of Thrones train every season. I don't usually do a lot of homework between them. Um, but there's a part of me that's really enjoying the sentimentality, the sentimentality and the connection in the end of all of it that's making me invest a little bit more. And uh, I'm enjoying that with Endgame 2. Both of them are doing the same thing, so I don't really want to spoil that ride. That doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes I just don't care that much, or it's not, I'm not invested that much, but I'm invested in the ride of Endgame more so than I am in like the characters, so I, I want to go in knowing as little as possible because I'm so close. And they've kept it close to the chest, and I, you know, I don't want to know. I want to go in having a fun time. I knew what was going to happen in Infinity War. It was so apparent. They weren't. They were letting people who had read the comics and know the information know what was coming. And then I was happy about that because there was a whole another half of the story that we didn't know that they could go anywhere with that they could do anything with. And there's bits and pieces that I can uh, examine and look at, but I'm, I don't know anything as definitively as I did with Infinity War. I knew it was going to end on that snap. Or at least I 98% knew. 2% hope that they would do it and not back away, and eventually they would. But I don't know what's going to happen here totally, except for what they've given me based off the other movies and the marketing. So I'm just here kind of like having a good time enjoying it. And I don't really want to spoil that, no matter... I mean, some people are saying it changed them, and some people are saying it's not that big of a deal. But honestly, I don't know what came out, so I don't want to poke my head around. I've got like another week, and I'm enjoying that.
0: I have five days... And 22 hours until my butt is in that seat. And it's picture start. I don't need this in my life. Okay. I just... Ugh, God, why? Ugh. It was always going to
1: happen. You should be happy that it happened only two weeks ahead of time.
0: I guess. Yeah. Whatever. It, It sucks that it happens, period.
1: Yeah, but that's that's the that's the thing. Like, the only reason that I am as invested as much as I am is because of two things. A, we've been with these movies for so long, but that also everyone enjoys these movies. Uh, very few people who don't. There's one or two movies that you can, and that's the thing. It's just it's meant for the general masses to enjoy. So watching watching everyone in this big wave, sort of like anticipated it's fun there's an energy to it and you want to be a part of it it's enjoying it's like because the whole thing is it's fun it's meant to be fun it's not meant to like be pensive it's not like we're all doing this with i mean not all doing this with game of thrones but game of thrones at this point has now turned into like a combination of a lot of strings that is now one big like great ball like and you could say that game of thrones is at this point a Marvel-type storytelling level. Like, every time a scene happens, epic characters you wanted to meet forever are finally meeting. And things are finally coming to an end. I can see people looking at the beginning of Game of Thrones and being like, this is very slow, it's not building to anything, and then coming to here and being like, that was a satisfying ride. And I think both are satisfying rides. But it's the general, it's it's watching everyone, from kids to adults, anticipate this movie, because it's fun. Just a good time, right? There's something. There's something genuinely nice about that, and being a part of that. Because I do like you could look at all the sinister things of Disney and corporations and stuff like that. But the, at the end of the day, I feel like the people making this are really having a good time, and I'm enjoying watching them. And I may not always, so I'm. I'm in trying to enjoy it while I can.
0: Um. Yeah. There's God. Five days, twenty-two hours. Why do I have it down to the hour?
1: because um. You're crazy. You're crazy, i'm the kind of guy who doesn't like anticipate christmas i try not to think about it until the day of and then it comes and i feel like more surprised it used to be as a kid i would like try and sit downstairs and look at presents but right now i'm like i'm trying my best not to think about it i watch interviews for the funny like actor stuff but mostly i'm just kind of like i don't want to do the theory stuff i don't want to look at I've, I've already thought to the end of the end, end of the and on that. I'm I, I'm I'm like you. I'm seeing it Friday morning. I just can't wait.
0: Right. Um I was hoping we'd get we'd do like now that you now that you say you don't like theorizing, I was hoping to do last rights end game. Um I meant like
1: I meant like watching other videos and stuff. And ah. Like I like thing I like thinking about it and I, I anticipated us talking about it for sure because I think that would be. We have an episode before that happens. At least I hope we can fit that in um, before you see it Thursday. Um, but hey, do, you, do you have any theories you want to talk about now?
0: Because um, I, do I don't
1: know when we're going to start. Chance next week.
0: Do you? I don't. If we're gonna if we're gonna do it next week, it's gonna it's probably gonna be at a time where it's gonna be like a really ugh, man. I don't. I really I honestly don't know.
1: We either record early in the week, like Wednesday or Tuesday.
0: Yeah, or like we do the Last Jedi or something like that. Or you're
1: seeing, or yeah, or you're seeing it Thursday. Yeah. I'm seeing it Friday morning, and he's seeing it Friday night. So either Maybe. we do it Saturday, or we do it Tuesday or Wednesday.
0: Um, I do have, I do have like, I do have theories. Actually, no. Um... I've thought about, like, the mainstream theories, and I can't... And for, like, reasons that I've thought about before the Star Wars Episode nine trailer dropped and shifted my attention entirely, um, like, I can't... Like, for some reason, I can't get behind them, because I overthought it so much. And so... <laughs> I've, over, I've overthought... Like, the whole mainstream theory that's going around. And in case anybody's listening that doesn't want to hear it, I, like... I'll just... We'll save it for when we do our last rites before endgame. I like calling it last rites. It's like, any last words before our lives are... Or my life has possibly changed. I I know you're not, like... You know? um.
1: I, I, I am excited for this. I just... I've always... I'm invested in, in this story more than anything else because I wanted him to snap that finger, and he did. It just—it just meant that the next half of the story could could breed anything. It's not—it's you can't anticipate where the story is going to go, but you also anticipate. Where, you also can't anticipate where the entire Marvel universe is going to go. Right. That's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah.
1: That that's a lot of fun for me. Like I may not continue on. But I am certainly interested to see how they do. I'm all like, I'm not majorly invested in Game of Thrones, but I'm here every Sunday. You're gonna have me because it's some of the best storytelling around in T V and movies. Like it's just without a doubt. Like they're gonna have some of the most epic battles coming up. And if you've seen the battles on Game of Thrones, man, they're top freaking notch, Chris. I'm telling you. This is some of I the heard. best action swords and uh against swords kind of stuff i'm seeing man like and what i'm hearing coming in this show i'm excited but also i'm invested in how they're wrapping up these characters and these stories and it's it's some of the best around i'm not going to care about it the way the book readers do i'm not caring about it the same way the comic book people do but i'm invested because i care about visual storytelling and when it's the best of the best around that everyone is getting invested in it in some way or another that's interesting to me. What It's like the Beatles. Like you you can't say the Beatles suck, but you, you may not like them. I don't listen to the Beatles all the time, but when I do, I'm freaking impressed by what they did. Every time. Every time I come back to a Beatles record, on the whole, I'm like, wow, they really were ahead of their time. And it's, it just has to do with getting older and, and seeing more stuff. And the more I watch Game of Thrones reach this end with each episode, I'm like, wow, this this could have been better if they just had the time and contracts didn't get involved and age wasn't an issue um for some of the actors and the kid actors but it's it impresses me and i can see how that may come across with marvel but i like everyone else i've been watching for 20 years and the the people that i didn't think i would like i like more than i did and the people that I thought I would love, I may not love as much as I do anymore. Like I came in for Robert Downey Jr. for sure, but I'm going out for Chris Evans' as Cap America, One, like 110%. Robert Downey Jr., there's a part of me that if he stays as Tony Stark, great. But if he leaves and goes off and does Dr. Doolittle and a bunch of other things that I've always wanted to see him do, and now he has the clout and the money and the time, and the producer wife and the production team to do it, great. He's still around. He's still an actor, and I still love him chris evans is cap america though like he he is that dude like he just 100%. is that
0: guy 100 like,
1: i'm i'm gonna miss that and that if that's the case maybe he sticks around maybe he does other things and i love chris evans and other things but like in, in terms of a, a perfect casting that was him And I really am interested to see where that's going, because I have a feeling like he's going to die. That would be my biggest theory right now. I feel like Cap's going to die, and that sucks. But I would also love it if like in one version he dies, but in another version he gets to go back in time and be with um, Agent Carter. So that would be cool. Uh, Either one of those would be nice time travels involved multiple universes could be involved anything but like at the end of the day i just feel like this is an end for evans to a certain extent and i i'm certainly invested in that after the 18 years of watching this stuff so that's probably my biggest theory outside of that i'm very open to whatever happens they've got my attention i don't really know it's not just because i don't like picking it apart they haven't given me enough clues anything
0: could happen um okay My okay, okay. I'll give you. Okay, I. I think we could do a last rights before end game. Actually, here since we're coming to the end of Rambo, is what is what we're gonna do. Next episode, we'll take off, of do of spinning the wheel, and we'll do end game. How's that sound?
1: Yeah, that's fine.
0: Um. I mean, we did it for Last Jedi. We did it for Infinity War. I guess it would make sense if we did it for um, uh, Endgame. Um, I'll give a teaser. Like yeah. I'll give a teaser of my yeah. my big thing. After giving it probably too much thought, then it probably warrants. I don't think time travel is gonna play that big of that big of a role. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't. I, I just don't think so. I, I have reasons, and I'll get into them when we give our last rites. I just love saying that. Um, but something. Is, it's just, Do
1: you think time travel is a red
0: herring? I think it might. I think it might be a red herring, because like I can get into more detail, but I'll just say so many so many things can go wrong at even the slightest touch. And I'll just leave it at that. Like, um, it might mess things up even further for me. Like That's just me personally. I just... I just can't... I just don't think it's... Either it's not going to play that big of a role, or they might just not do it at all. But I can't... Like, here's the thing. I can't offer you, like, what I think is going to happen, because I don't know what's going to happen. And that's the most... Like... However exciting it is, as a fan, it is a little frustrating because I don't know what it's going to do. I have to sit there and absorb what they give me, and, like, that's terrifying and exciting at the same time. Like, well, here's I, the thing. If, you're,
1: if, if you say we're going to go ahead next week and we're going to talk about, we're going to get predictions and stuff, then I'm going to do my homework, and I'm going to come in with theories, and I'm going to, like, stretch these around. So if, if time travel is an option, I'm going to sit and I'm going to start thinking about it because, like... Like I said. It makes sense to me that they, because there's a theory going around that Captain Marvel and Thor and that entire team that starts in the trailer right off the bat, they go on a mission, they fail, and then they come back, and that's when Tony shows up again with a, like a more, and they come back like Rambo. They go on their mission, they fail, they come back, and then they come back again and they kick butt. But when they have to, when they have to come back again, like uh, Black Widow has different hair. Uh, right. Jeremy Renner's going around being an assassin with different hair, too. Like, my, my guess is that they do screw up again. And then they go, they do things, they come back, and then when they go back, there has to be some time travel element. I don't think it's going to be them hopping around like it's a Rick and Morty episode or it's Back to the Future or something. But I do think that time travel at the end could help them. But, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to... I think it being a big part has more to do with, like, what it does to the story, most so than being a huge element of, of like, the plot. I don't think they're going to be jumping around, but, like, there's stuff about them going back to the first Avengers set and stuff, like, there's a lot to um, support that they hop around for a bit.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm most afraid of. Like, it's going to be, like, hopping from this to this to this. I'd be more fine if it was, like, a Days of Future Past thing. But my problem with that is, like, it's already been done, but I wouldn't put it past them to do it anyway. I mean, they could do whatever they want. You know, like...
1: That's why, that's why I don't think it's going to be the biggest thing. I just think if they go back and grab the stones, or if they're going back to get, like, a different, different people, I think it's just going to be something that happens in the third act. But the, the Quantum Realm has to do with time. They keep talking about time. We know they go back to their old outfits. We know that people go ahead in time and, and the hairstyles change and people get older and things happen. So and, and judging by the way people are acting in Spider-Man homecoming trailers, like no one's reacting as if the, like, everyone would have post-traumatic stress syndrome. No one would care about going on like gondola rides and stuff. They'd be staying at home and having like parties and like loving their loved ones. Like something tells me that the world doesn't remember what happened to the entire universe. At the end of Endgame, something tells me they wiped the entire world's memory of that entire event, and the only way to really do that without getting a Men in Black shiny thing to cover the entire Earth is you use time travel. Mm. Yeah, it's that would be biggest, that would be my biggest thing. The way people are acting in Homecoming, it's like this stuff didn't happen, and you can't you can't disappear all those people, have them come back, and not have at least like a good three to six months of just crazy, absolute reconciliation. So,
0: It's, yeah. People
1: would, go, people would go insane. Like, mothers would go insane. Their babies would be gone for months, they'd come back, and they'd never be the same. Like, people would lose loved ones and then come back, and then, like, they'd snap.
0: <laughs> no pun intended, you know, you know, I'm you know, guessing. You know,
1: ah, yeah, good, good job. <laughs> so, yeah, these are the kind of things that, like, None of this is for sure, but these are the kind of things that I look at and I'm like, well, time travel isn't probably what they're doing the whole thing back to the future style. But that may be a thing that everything goes back in the end. They have a time stone. It go, they've shown time travel in these movies. We know, we know that the eaten apple can go back to being a whole apple again. That's probably the biggest thing I keep thinking about is a rotten, disgusting eaten apple can go back to being a full apple again. You can, ch- You can save Hong Kong. That, that tells me that this stuff is probably going to happen. They've told us that it's a tool and a magical thing in this world. Is it the only thing that's going to happen? No. People will still be affected by it because people will remember this stuff. There are going to be people that may not be able to go back in time with them. Like, maybe Cap stays behind in the universe that happened. Maybe instead of time travel, we are doing multidimensional stuff. I, I don't know. I would think the main reason that they made Spider-Man into the multiverse is because that's where they were going to interest people and invest people in the idea of other universes first. I think this is the movie they were going to say, we'll just use the time stone to change a few things, and then some people don't come back, and some people remember, and some things move forward. But I don't think the whole world remembers, because the whole world would react. The whole world would, like, be affected for, like, months on end, and I don't think that's what happens here.
0: Well, hopefully we'll get into that next week. Um... That's the, that's what we're gonna aim to do. Anyway, so um, I
1: like that gives Zach a that gives Zach uh, some time to think about it too and step
0: in and talk as well. Right. Um. Mandalorian. We did not talk about this last week, did we?
1: I don't think it came out last week
0: for no. us to talk about. Um. No, it did. No. We recorded the week. In. When did we record? It was Friday, right? Um,
1: Yeah, Friday. I'm not sure. But I I just remember this coming out during this week between them and being like, ah, I can't wait to talk about this with Chris.
0: Yeah, um, so some footage leaked from the uh, closed celebration panel for The Mandalorian. Um, and, um, I dig it. I mean... It looks. Apparently, they're using real models and real sets again. Um, yeah, it looks like it. It. Um, I mean, I looked. I. I like the look of the show. Apparently, they. They. It's intended for. The uh-huh. like oh the uh, the, original trilogy, audience. It's gonna have like that kind of storytelling behind it. Uh, no, I mean, like, it's going to be in a universe and it's going to appeal to the people who were, like, who appreciate the original trilogy more and have grown up with that. And it's going to approach it as if it's grown up with the audience as well. And
1: the, the aesthetic in these new movies, that is certainly um, an homage, I'd say, to those old movies. But the, the new movies are very much about moving forward. They're very much about bringing new people in new ideas, and all that stuff. This show seems to be... It says it's like five years after Return of the Jedi, so it's for that period to fill that gap for that change. But also, at the same time, yeah, it seems to be more about the aesthetic of those old movies, whereas the new movies seem to be making their own new aesthetic. Which I think is there. That's why I like... There's a mixture between Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I like the new elements of Force Awakens that... For some people, it was too dialed up in Last Jedi, but I like those elements there, and I'm hoping that the third one marries them very well. And right. whatever that is, is what the new vibe is going to be like for a couple movies. But yeah, this show seems like a mini series from the old series, and I like that. I, I, my hope is that this is going to be what the prequels were going to be like. Because the prequels are nine hours of just st- kind of straight trash, this seems like it's gonna be a really good Star Wars mini series.
0: <laughs> straight trash. <laughs>
1: At least Honestly, it's yes. not for two movies that's straight trash.
0: Is it's not three um three dongs in a warehouse. <laughs> this is not gonna be three dongs in a warehouse. And you don't know who's laughing here.
1: If you were to <laughs> if you were to ask me what I would watch again. The entire prequels series, or the equivalent amount in Transformers films, including I'd have to include the Last Night in there. Like I would just have to for the worst of it. Um, I would still probably pick death. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I would pick Star Wars.
0: Okay, yeah, Star
1: Wars has because like Star Wars, at the very least. Um, As stupid as it is, I can have fun making fun of the earnest and um, conflicted choices that George Lucas had to make in those movies. And the actors had to make making them. Whereas in Transformers, I don't care for the style or the aesthetic, and I don't care for the themes behind the content. And the content is not entertaining enough for me to warrant um, continuing to care about it. I, I care about the other films of Star Wars. When I look at Anakin, I'd be like, oh, I hate Anakin. But I like Luke, and I like Leia. And I like Han and I like those people and when this movie's done I can go watch better versions of it in this universe I have one better movie in the Transformers universe and I haven't even had a chance to see it yet I just know it exists so much so that it killed what came before it and that's Bumblebee you just have one and there are countless other Star Wars movies that are better than those three that I can absolutely watch when I'm done with it and it looks like now I'm gonna have a show so I'm behind it I don't watch any of the animated stuff and how, and like the holiday special, is by far like the best thing that George sure ever made. So,
0: also, did you hear that? Apparently, I can't get confirmation on this anywhere, but apparently, it's going to be aired weekly instead of being binge, binge, uh, bingeable.
1: Yes, basically, streaming services are becoming television networks now. That's what they do for Shutter. For this, there's this guy who used to do drive-in horror movie segment intros for like USA and sci-fi channel and stuff like that they when the channels first started they would get this guy to come in because they had all these old old movies and they would have people like this guy come in and introduce them and give you information about them kind of like TCM does now and that guy became famous doing it for an entire generation that when Shudder the Horror Network got made he brought back that show and he, he's such a firm believer in the old ways of television that he won't allow them or people to binge it. He makes the network do it weekly. And that's also what they do for um, all the stuff on DC. They air that stuff weekly.
0: So uh, uh, Disney Streaming Service, uh, six ninety nine free plug. Um,
1: they basically just cut out cable...
0: Stations a little bit, and
1: now networks can run whatever they want, and they're doing it in the old TV style. So now not only do we have to watch ads, we have to wait week by week the way we always did. Whereas Netflix is still probably going to be the king because they're going to allow us to binge. Or people who are not going to watch week by week, they're going to wait, like me. Someone like me who waits for a show to be entirely done to watch it. Like I got really into Gotham this season. I thought they made a lot of really interesting, fun choices based off of what I started with on that show and just gave up a while ago. But I'm so invested now, and I missed an episode that I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna save them up, and then I'm gonna watch them all in one night." And I'm and I've got one more episode to do that with. People are gonna do that with the streaming services too, because they're so used to people like Netflix giving them all the content they want to binge whenever they want. Keeping people from watching stuff when they want to watch it in a in a world where they don't have to is gonna be interesting for Disney.
0: Yeah, I'm a. I might, I might just follow it week to week. It'll be a nice throwback, I guess. Um, November twelfth is when the series comes out. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I think, I think uh, it, it really, everything, it really actually looks cool. I mean, like you said, John Favreau hasn't really missed that bad yet. Um, hopefully, this isn't the I, first mess.
1: I think this will be great. I like Pedro Pascal. I like everyone involved with it. Like I, I do think it's going to be great. But in terms of keeping me invested week for week, it has to be either I have to already be invested in the content, which you are as a Star Wars fan entirely, and or I have to be invested in the story. Like for Twin Peaks, that was what happened with me. It came on Showtime and I didn't get to binge it. I had to watch it week for week. But I'm so invested in that world and those characters, I gave in. I was like, okay, bring back Showtime on my network, let's do this. And I watched it week for week, and I gave in, because I care about the content, and you care about Star Wars. That may not always be the case for everybody who is now just getting into Star Wars. That may not be the case if it if that's the way that um, Disney wants to do all of their shows, because the DC network has just canceled Swamp Thing. They didn't cancel it. They halted production on their live-action Swamp Thing show on the DC um, streaming service because... The network, or the, the ownership, the owner company, I think, Viacom, they don't know if they want to keep it around. Warner Brothers is actually sketchy because it's losing money right now. It's because they keep putting stuff out week for week. And the content is new, and they're just getting their legs, so not all of it is great. Like people didn't like um, Titans, but they like Doom Patrol. People really like Doom Patrol. But it's still only coming out week for week, and people don't like that. They At least not enough people like that for them to continue to do it and make a profit out of it because television is back. But without the ability for us to flip through the channels and find things that we want, we have to now decide, well, if I'm going to go to Hulu and watch something that came on last night on live television, oh, it didn't come on. Well, I'm, I'll go to Netflix and I'll binge a bunch of shows. Oh, they're not out yet? Okay. Well, I'm going to go to Amazon where they put their stuff out all at once. So that's not out yet either. I'll go to this. And like the more streaming services you have – the more annoying people are going to get from making that choice. The great thing about having a movie just show up on television when you're watching it about 15, 20 years ago, that made that decision for you. But if you give us back commercials and you give us back the, um, the waiting period of week by week, those are the like, two biggest things that always annoy people half the time. Sometimes it helps the writing, but a lot of these people that are now going to start writing shows for these services, they've come from about 10 years of Netflix binging stuff. Like, stuff has been coming out all in chunks the last few years. That's how storytelling is coming. Some of it's been good, some of it's been bad. Some of it's been a blend, like Breaking Bad and great stuff on, like, cable shows. Some of it hasn't. Some of it has absolutely flourished They're binging it, and some of it won't. I don't think these stream services are doing it right. And I think if Disney does that with all the other shows, they'll be screwed, too.
0: Mm. Yeah, like, if they release Clone Wars Season 7 on a weekly basis, I'd be like... <sighs> oh. gotta jump in Um,
1: yeah like the twilight zone is doing that on cbs right now and they do that with star trek and star trek had to get its legs for a bit but it's now in season two and people are starting to like it and the twilight zone takes a few episodes people are saying before it starts to get its feet too but if you binge that and you get to get through those episodes that a week beforehand and watch the show when it gets to its like like prime, when you see that the actors and the writers and the directors really got their footing, five hours after you started, you're going to be hungry for that second season, and that's not always the case. People don't always have that patience anymore. They want to binge. Where if they're not allowed to, that might annoy them.
0: Um, let's see. What else is there? Shoot. Well, there was that's
1: a kind of for me.
0: Um. Uh, there was actually a funny story. I just remember this. There's a funny story that came out from um, WASW uh, Wisconsin. Um, are you ready for this, Alex? Because this is going to blow your mind. Go for it. Weston Man breaks Guinness World Record. Watched Captain Marvel 116 times.
1: So he paid for that? He like went there, to I could
0: see it. the stubs of the article.
1: Um, wow, I feel like, uh, I feel like there's better movies he could have done that with.
0: But if he really liked that movie, sure, I don't think there's anything wrong with liking that movie. 116 times.
1: I just just think there are other Marvel movies that have more depth to their rewatches than Captain Marvel does. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the whole point, my whole point was that when you first watch it, the narrative's wrong. But if you watch it 116 times, that narrative disappears and you get to do whatever you want. Like, if you've watched something 116 times, the narrative's gone and you've created your own universe in your head that you can destroy or, like, do whatever you want with.
0: I'm trying to... I'm trying to see where he talks about... Um. Okay. Okay. Here, okay. This is what the guy said. Apparently, he's a chiropractor, and he said he had to take time off work to do this. Um, let's see here. So he says, <laughs> <laughs> "I love superhero movies, and so this was a pretty good fit. I knew it was going to be around for a while, and I thought it would be, it, thought it would probably be a good choice for this particular record. Uh, looking back on it now, I might also consider a Disney movie because they're usually shorter." and probably around for a while, but that singing would drive me crazy. It really would.
1: Okay, that that brings up a good point. Why didn't he do Endgame? <laughs> because as you would think, I mean, yes, a longer movie takes up more hours of your life, but also, it's going to be around longer than Captain Marvel ever would. You would have more time to like break between the watches that you do, and also... There'd be way more behind it. There'd be way more meat to think about. There'd be way more scenes that you could go back to and enjoy. Man, like, Captain Marvel just seemed like such a weird choice.
0: <laughs> if it were me, I'd... not never mind. I, I, no, I don't know. It'd be episode nine for me. <laughs> I would i would have waited. A... Um... Yeah, but see, that's my point. That's a conclusive thing. That's like
1: the ending to a lot of things and you care about that. This guy seems like he was like, I don't know, the superheroes, I like those, I'll pick a superhero movie, and he just knew it would be around for a while. Those are the only two reasons. Like, he could have easily chose Shazam, and it feels like Shazam probably would have been a better time. Um. Again, I like Captain Marvel, I just feel like that movie's narrative is all wrong.
0: In, when you mentioned it last time, I was like, yeah, I can now I'm starting to now I'm starting to see where you're where you're coming from with that.
1: Um. Yeah, I'll do more research when I'm watching it again.
0: <laughs> 115 like <I've>, more times.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's right. I got to keep up with this guy. Jeez.
0: <laughs> no, you'd probably do it with baby driver or something.
1: I would pick something like baby driver. Yeah, where every single frame has something inside it that like you can enjoy. Um. Yeah, I pick the Kiss Kiss Bank. something with like some depth to both its visual and its story and like its like I would pick like a, a Marx Brothers movies or like His Girl Friday where they, like every single minute is filled to the brim with like paragraphs of words and every rewatch you get something new. That's what I would pick. When people are, like desert island stuff, I pick things that are like have the most content, the stuff that every time I go back to has something new because I don't want to watch something that's so familiar to me that I could, like write it off the top of my head so easily. I, if something is like that, that means I've watched it so much. Like For some reason, Tremors 2, a movie no one remembers as well as I do, I could pick frames out of that movie out of my mind so much, but that's because I sat at home and watched it on HBO a lot as a kid. If I'm in a desert island something, I want something with depth to it, not something that I know, like Tremors 2, so well that I kind of don't want to go back to it. It's never going to be as good as it was in my head.
0: Then again, they are
1: making a Tremors, a new Tremors TV show with Kevin Bacon, and I am intrigued by that. Mm. The trailer came out, and everything—it's crazy. Interesting. He's the only person I know in it.
0: Um, okay. I think that's everything in terms of news. Um,
1: I think uh, so too. Yeah.
0: Rambo. We finally come Ram- to the fourth yeah, one. Rambo. Oh my God! Um, where do I even start? Um, uh,
1: so I'm I'm gonna say that this seems like the one that this. You said this is the one that got you into the series,
0: correct? Okay, here's the. Okay, let me give context to this.
1: That's what I wanted. Yes, I wanted to know about your entrance in the series. If this was the one that was it. Uh, I wanted to hear how you got into this world through this film because that is very interesting to me.
0: I know, right? I feel terrible now. Like, this... you shouldn't
1: feel terrible because like there's some stuff that I really like. Like, I'm gonna say I really liked this movie. I really, really did. And when I did some research, it, like there's some stuff behind it that I really wasn't impressed by too. But I'm interested, yes, because you must have. This came out in 2008. That's like 10 years ago. It was but that's. Actually... Eleven it, years
0: ago, it had to have being, been the like, action. I guess dumb. when I, when I first saw it, it had to have been the action, right? Like, yeah, no, it's not a bad movie. In fact, I'll get into what I
1: love about it. But like, as a kid, I what How did you did you watch it in the theater? Did you watch it? No, DVD I watched it at watch, home. Like, did you watch it on FX or like a DVD? A DVD. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> that yeah, no wonder you like stuff like Hardcore Henry and th- yeah, no, that I- makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, this is a hard entrance into that world. This is for sure.
0: a very hard entrance. Ah. Okay, did it did it at least live up to the hype though? That's what I mostly want to know because I feel like I've let you down.
1: Just based off my reaction.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Um no no it certainly lived up to the hype for sure.
0: Okay good. Because when I first saw it I'm just like this is insane this is like the most brutal film one of the most brutal films I've seen, like. ugh. no
1: I I was taken aback. Um first, okay <laughs> so like I want to go I wanted to go in, into I, I'm gonna ease you because there's a moment there's a there's a moment in this movie where I was like. Hmm,
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about too.
1: We, we just went from zero to 120 real fast, yeah. and
0: uh, I think I know what you're talking um, about too. I don't,
1: I don't know how I feel about this because <laughs> um, it start. It does not start that way. No, it um, does not. It, it, uh, first of all, I want to talk about like I want to talk a little bit about Stallone. Okay, and who he was before this happened. All right. Because when was the last time you saw Bob, boat? Right.
0: Uh, Wait, Rocky Balboa, the last, the last Rocky movie?
1: The, uh, yeah.
0: It's been a while. Like a very long time.
1: Because he made this directly after the success of Rocky Balboa.
0: Interesting.
1: Rocky Balboa exists, like Rambo exists because Rocky Balboa was such a big success. Like, he's like, well, if Rocky's back, I'm going to bring Rambo back. Which is why, if you go back to Rocky Balboa, which is such a genuinely calm and really sweet um, swan song to this character, made by him, written by him, produced by him, like, it's his baby. And it is, after watching all the movies before it, you're watching a guy just sort of, like, reflect on the respect that this character has, that people have for the character, not him. And Rambo. I feel like it's the other end of that spectrum yeah. because it's such a extremely violent movie, but also it is, it's the best Rambo movie. I feel like, I feel like first blood is the best. First blood is the best out of all of them. Yes, but it's a first blood movie. I consider it first blood. It's a, it's the prequel before uh, the Rambo series. It just doesn't, it really doesn't exist in the wheelhouse. It's the thing you make years after the Rambo series is done. Uh, but Rambo really starts with Rambo 2, first Blood. And, like, this is the best one. Like, Rambo 4 is the best. It has the best narrative. Because it starts off real simple. Because 2 and 3 are basically the same structure. And when Rambo 2, when, like, when Rambo 4 starts, these missionaries come, he, he says no, and then he says he's going to do it. You think he, that he's going to lose them, and then he'll come back and save the girl, and then the girl's like, you got to save all, or maybe all of them. And they go, now you got to save the townspeople or the villagers. And you feel like it's just going to be him working with them mostly. Maybe some pirates every now and then. But then all of a sudden, the movie brings in these mercenaries. And I was like, huh, interesting. No wonder that no other church uh, uh, volunteers talked except for the husband and the wife. And I'm assuming their husband and wife. But they're the only two people that talk. They're both different ends of the political spectrum of w- the theme of this movie, and which is that violence or war stopping anything. Rebels like whatever he's trying to say in this movie is very muddied, but it also is wrapped in a narrative that works really well as an action film. So none of but none of the other like volunteers talk, and I was like, that's interesting. That's odd. Well, like, is it just going to be he's a spokesperson for them, and that she's a spokesperson too, and then these other guys are just going to die? But then the mercenaries come in, and in the movie it goes from being just a Rambo movie to an Aliens movie wrapped in a Rambo movie. And that's where I was like, that's very cool. Because the, the immediate halfway point in the movie is when they tell Rambo to wait at the boat, and then Rambo comes by and he shoots the guys that are going to make those people run through the pool of mines. And then he looks at the guy and he makes a statement, a statement that was inspired by the woman and that's what's perfect it's not like he just came in and made a statement that had nothing to do with what she tried to convince him at the beginning of the movie she inspired a fire in him that actually inspires a fire in them and then all of them band together to help these rebels and like take over this general and everyone and it all works it all works really well it's not just about rainbow it's about the kind of person that rainbow can be and be inspired he's a human who uses his. Talents to inspire other people in this movie, rather than just go out and stop the war all by himself, which is technically kind of what he does at the end of the movie, anyway. But that—that's neither here nor there. But I do think it's a better narrative than two and three. Two's really just flimsy. is just a sharper, a sharper version of that. And four, four is just like this two different movies matched together to create something really, uh, really effective. Because I stopped caring about how the movie looked. I stopped caring about all the fake blood. I stopped caring about how kind of like cheap the aesthetic was. How there weren't a lot of like crazy looking shots like there were in the second one. There wasn't a sharpness or an atmosphere to it like the other movies. It was consistent. It was just, I'm going to show you exactly what you need to see. Here it is and here we go. It was exactly like a John Huston or John Ford movie at the early stages. Like Treasure of the Sierra Madre or something where like, It's not about necessarily how beautiful the framing of the shot is. It's about everything you're seeing on screen. Everything you see on screen is exactly what you need and exactly what you're getting, and you like it. You enjoy it because it's all you need. And by the end of the film, I really was interested in how the story was moving, not just that Rambo was in it, not just about the politics of the themes of it. It was about how just just like perfect it was given to me without being showy or stylistic, and how much I was still entertained by it. And yes, the gore and the violence and the action was like a whole other conversation in and of itself, but I went from thinking this movie looked really cheap and really, like, lazy, lazily framed, to, oh my god, the fake blood in that opening scene before the the credits even start is just awful. Um, The sound when she's talking to him in the rain is really bad. And the movie just seems to be going along without really giving a care about most of the the missionaries. By halfway point in the movie, I was like, I'm in. I'm for this. I'm about this story. I don't care how bad or good it's made. I I, want to see it end. I'm invested. And that's just really solid structuring and narrative that he has learned through making Cliffhanger. And um, the movie where he's trapped in a tunnel with people. This This is a guy who has gone from making Rambo 3 where he was the biggest star in the world to going up and down in a career, working with people who are so much more experienced than him, sharpening his tools as a producer and a storyteller, making the perfect Rambo movie, because now he knows how to make movies. Now he knows how to make movies better, and he's on an excellent high because he's just made one of the best movies he's ever made, Rocky Balboa. Now he's got the money, he's got the clout, he's got the investors behind his back to go, okay, you know what, you can make a Rocky movie, maybe you can make a Rambo movie. It comes out, and he makes like the second best one the best one on his terms the second best one on terms of the character but the violence is a whole other conversation in and of itself because I for when in the opening scene when you see a person explode it's like this person's just a bag of goo I get it now they're like okay these people are bags of goo like people just explode like gush. and then the fake blood came in and I was like ah that sucks that does not age well um, and then. He kills the people on the boat, and I'm like, "Wow, he blew that guy's head off. That's pretty awesome." That bullet went right through that guy's head, and um, it was quick though. And then he was like stepping in that pool of blood, and I'm like, "Oh, is that your statement of the movie?" And then the army murdered the town. That's that's when that's when I was shocked, Chris. <laughs> that's when I was legit like, "Oh, oh my, oh my." So you went from showing us a character with post traumatic stress to helping us have post traumatic stress syndrome in order to invest in this character now, because that's like I, I God there was so many moments where I laughed at the outright excessive action. Yeah, you said it. You you texted me for it's sure. The excessive.
0: Perfect and word,
1: like, dude. When he when they come in the town and they're like when he like shoots a kid in the stomach, I was like oh. And then there's another, like, immediately right after that, they're, like, slowly bayonetting another one. I was like, ah! And then, like, another guy, like, throws a child into a burning house. I was like, ah! And, like, people are dying in love. Like, they're stacking heads on posts. They're just slaughtering people left and right. And I was like, wow! This is crazy! Because some of it looked really stupid, but then some of it looked really great. And some of it was like, 1980s uh, practical effects level great. And I was enjoying it. And then at other times, it was like, ah, that looked dumb. But, it was t- it was such a back and forth and excessive amount that I couldn't take it all too seriously. But I really honestly felt like what they were going for was actual, genuine, horrific war. It was like Stallone was like, wow, man, like this is what war is. Why, why don't we just show this? And like, this is why it's it takes you aback. It takes your breath away. And it's crazy because it's a Rambo movie. It's not Saving Private Ryan. No. It's a Rambo movie. You know the reason they're showing it to you is so that you're entertained. Then you hear about how this movie got made, and you're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Stallone actually did research on actual real-world conflicts to put Rambo in, and he didn't want to do the Middle East. He didn't want to do Africa. He read about Burma, and he thought this would be a good thing to actually highlight because not very many people know about the genocides that are happening there. Then he goes there and shoots it in Burma. He shot it in Burma during an actual war. That's why it actually doesn't look as great as it does. That's why the shaky cam is going on. That's why it doesn't have, like, a lot of smoothness to it. It's, it really does look like they were getting shots. And it's because they were. They were genuinely trying to get shots. This was a really horrific experience for them to make. But since they've made it, two amazing things have happened. The actress, who is most famously from uh, Dexter which Stallone saw and put her in this movie for, has continued to give money and effort uh, in support of the war that's going on there and for the people that are getting um, affected by it. And also, this movie got banned in what used to be known as Burma. It's now known as a different country. And the freedom fighters there use quotes from this movie to help them get volunteers and bring people in. And even Stallone was like, that's the proudest thing that I can say is someone who makes movies. That's my greatest achievement as a filmmaker in my mind. And it's true. Like that it here. They, he went there, he saw the violence there, he saw how real it was, and he put it in the movie. And it's real. It feels effective because they actually went there and was like, wow, why don't we just shoot stuff like this? And people were like, this movie just glorifies violence. And like, no, they're like, this is what's happening there. And they shed a lot of light on it. But it also kind of hurt that it was a rainbow movie. Just a little bit. They take a lot of the crap that, that is Rambo out. Like, it's not too political on terms of the Verma War. It's political in terms of using violence. But the fact that, like, the fact that one of the arcs of the characters of this movie is to go from, like, a missionary peaceful person to, like, killing someone and being like, I did it! Yeah, you're right! Violence solves everything! That's pretty crazy. That's like, you should go and buy a gun tonight kind of thought. That's that's the kind of Republican stuff I don't agree with. I do agree with the fact that you should highlight a war that's going on that people don't know that's actually going on. Then going there and shooting a story there and being like, wow, it was," this is the kind of stuff we're seeing there, putting it in your movie and then affecting people with that. I have to give him credit for that. I have to respect that because he doesn't do that in any of the other movies necessarily. He tries to do it in the third movie and I think he really does it well here. Uh, it, it hurts the... It hurts the smoothness of the film, it hurts the production a little bit, but people walked away with a better sense of how the world is around, uh, with uh, outside of the bubbles that they're in. And I do appreciate that, I do respect that for sure. But its it's violence really shocked me. It, it came from an earnest place, but it's also really... There's a reason why you don't put it in movies. There's a reason why people have PTSD and walk away from wars thinking about this stuff. Like, when he's having flashbacks and thinking about the other movies, there's just a close-up shot of a brain exploding from the back of a head. I was like, Jesus, man. Come on. I get it. you like, come on. Just, I, I get what you're talking about with the PTSD stuff, man. Just, like, too much. And, yeah. I... <laughs> But I will say that um, a lot of the deaths had me laughing a lot. My favorite one is the guy he murders who's trying to rape the woman. Who's trying to rape Sarah.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Have you ever seen the
0: movie Roadhouse? (laughs) I just remembered that. That was something I wanted to bring up. He rips the guy's Adam apple out.
1: Have you have you seen the movie Roadhouse?
0: No, I've not.
1: Okay, are we what what wheel are we spinning next week?
0: After Endgame, I don't know.
1: If we're, it's like Roadhouse is my immediate next choice for bad movie list because that really reminded me of Roadhouse. Um, I was cheering. I was like, first of all, I think it sucks that he stopped that rape, but he let the little boy get raped. Like that's like I don't like that was... too. Two accounts of like rape, one of them actually going through. Like, come on, man! I think this movie is excessive. I think, I, I um, I think there's a there's a movie. I think this is a perfect exploitation movie. There's some earnest merits in how they made it, but honestly, this is an exploitation movie through and through. And um, to have two rapes and one of them be successful is just crazy to me. It really is. <laughs> I, it, may, yeah. it it has the it has the effect at once. Which is that you walk away and you're like, oh, the real villains are still around. The army still has to be destroyed. But you could have done that without raping a little boy, I think. It's just me.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it
1: worked, it worked in forgetting Sarah Marshall, but I don't think it worked here.
0: So, like... So that was... So, like, that one was the scene... That, that was the scene that went from, for me, that went from... 0 to to 120. I'm just like, okay, you've done everything else. You have massacred a whole village of men, women, and children. You have forced innocent people to run through, like, mine-laden, like, swamps and creeks and fields. And, like, the whole shebang. And then you had to put that in there. Why? I gotta
1: say, I clocked Is that the moment you wrote that text to me?
0: It was some time after that, but that was the catalyst of me being like, okay, wow, alright. You know, that was hey, that was that more th- like the catalyst of just me like... That was me, like, taking a step back and just being like, whoa. This that's is way I- too much.
1: I was like, this moment... This is the moment that's gonna get Chris.
0: Yeah. Like, wow why even
1: Uh um. I think it I think it's excessive when you already have a rape threat in your movie with another character. I also think it's too much to only bring on the idea that the real villains are still around. They murdered an entire camp. The best way to do that is make your is make your uh main villain more villainous. Have him do more villainous things rather than stalk the woman and then eventually rape a young boy, because that's just confusing as hell. Um, on top of that, I find it interesting, because the guy who played the main villain actually fought in the war this movie is based on, and he was afraid his family was going to be murdered, but he did it anyway because Salome was like, the whole world is going to see this, and they're going to hear about your struggle. So we want good people to do it. And he was like, God, well, now i got to do it. And I think that's really funny because I still don't think that villain has much of an impact on him before that happens, which sucks because the only reason it exists is to say, wow, remember, the biggest villains are still around. You should have done that better than having a second rape story where he actually rapes a little boy. Like, no, thank you. You don't need that. You don't, like, that's too much for me in terms of storytelling. But I think if you didn't have her in that stance, if she was stronger, if she wasn't crying and screaming when the fighting was going on, um, then you could have had that if you didn't have a story of her fighting rape revenge if she was just a fighter if she just became someone who was able to fight and they didn't care about like doing whatever they wanted to her then you could have had that element there and you should have stopped it you should have stopped it and then come back and then killed him for being uh, a rapist but don't let the rape succeed and then have another one go through because the whole point is Rambo may be with her later but no I, I, it's too much in terms of what you can do if you're going to put that in a movie which there are movies I've seen it done in that I think have effectively capitalized on putting uh, exploitative material in their movie as well as have that affect their character in the story I don't think that happens here I think it's too much I agree um, violence wise I left that. <laughs> that violence wise I was way past that point I, a long time ago, I was like, this movie is violent.
0: Yeah, like, even if, like, the opening, like, sequence where it's showing you real footage of people getting shot in, like, real dead bodies, I'm just like, are you, like, for real right now? Like.
1: Well, that, that is the stuff that we should see if you're trying to highlight the war. They yeah. Put that in a documentary if that was the case. Um, again, it's a Rambo movie, so it's really funny, but, God, yes, I I gotta say, the moment they got to the village is when I was like, oh, this is what Chris was talking about, and yes, Chris didn't hype this enough.
0: (laughs) I didn't hype it enough!
1: Wow! Wow. I'm kidding. Uh, you hyped it plenty. No, but that was, it was exactly as violent, uh, as you said it was, um... (laughs) Talking about that moment with the, with the kid, there was a movie that I've been trying to find um, for free to watch with my sister because she loves time travel movies. And I found it on Vudu. I was just skimming through Vudu and it was there and I was so excited. But I remembered why I was hesitant about just telling her about it to see without me being there. It's about this guy who creates a time machine. He accidentally goes back in time. Uh, when he's trying to escape some guy with a gun and uh, he goes to the future to find all these like criminals are involved in, with him and his family and everything and at the end of the film his sister and her boyfriend are trying to like screw him over out of the machine and to him he, none of this makes any sense to him it's his sister um, but she's already evil at this point and the boyfriend uh, betrays her and then shoots her and then you think she's dead And then the boyfriend is left with the henchman. And the henchman starts having sex with the sister. And you're like, what the hell is going on right now? Is this like your sick attempt to be a Tarantino movie? Because she looks dead. But then she wakes up. And she grabs the guy's gun. And she shoots him. And she helps the brother, but she dies anyway. But in that moment, I was like, you don't need this. Because even if she does wake up and get some sort of now uh, so of course I sympathize with her because now she's being raped she's not it's not nar- it's not it's not uh it's not that she's having sex with a dead body anymore like he's raping her now, so now I'm sympathized with her so i it's immediately you feeling bad for her so that when she helps her brother and isn't a bad guy anymore, you sympathize with her immediately if that's your attempt to do it, it's poor and it's shoddy and I can't really defend that without me being there watching the movie with the person to say, I don't defend that because it's a hard thing to talk about to put in somebody's time travel, sci-fi movie. There are there other elements in the movie that I think toe that line better than that? That is when I was like, yeah, you lost me. You lost me. It's just too much. Why is he having sex with the dead body of the sister? Like we don't know her that well, so we don't hate her that much and we don't know this henchman to be this creepy, we've just met him. So, none of it worked.
0: Yeah, just... Like... And here's the thing. Like, I'll just go in order. So, like, the dream sequence, when he's, like, after the village gets blown up. Um... There's a spot that comes from the original movie where... There's a brief shot. like, and It's like under a half a second where they show the alternate ending of First Blood where Troutman shoots and kills Rambo. Um,
1: uh, I'm watching it right now. I'm looking out for it. Maybe I missed it.
0: Yeah, like... I,
1: I saw him cry on Troutman.
0: Yeah, there was that.
1: Oh, there it is. There it is. I saw it. He shoots him in the gut.
0: I understand that it's a dream. Okay? Kind of blends reality with... Like, this is like a whole nother can of worms. So you're telling me that one of two things. One, like, that's canon. That actually happened, but the original happened because he's still alive. Or two, he thinks Troutman betrayed him which means they forgot the, the ending of the third movie, which means something happened between the third movie and the fourth movie that would cause him to think such things and for him to dream such things, which we never see, and that's like... What?
1: You're looking way too much into it.
0: That's exactly what's going to happen next week when we talk about Endgame. That's exactly what you're going to say.
1: <laughs> I, I Well, yes. No, I remember I remember the other prediction episodes for sure. No, I know what's going to happen for sure. I'm going to have to talk you off a bunch of insane ledges, and it's going to be great.
0: <laughs> it's going to be fun, honestly. It's going to be fun. In my,
1: in, my, I just, in my mind, I just keep imagining the same situation over and over again, which is like you walking to a ledge with like a balloon animal and being like, this is going to help me fly right. And I'm going to be like, no, 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 no. Chris, 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 come here. No, come here. Oh, come here. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come here. And then, and then I'll turn away for one second, and you'll have like a shovel, and you'll be like, fly right? And I'll be like, no, 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 no. Come here. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Too close. Stay away from that edge. No, 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 no! That's crazy town, crazy town.
0: No, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna need that shovel to bury you once you're done with that.
1: Exactly. Um, I don't think I like. You can't explain dreams. Dreams don't make logical sense. If you want to use them in a narrative of a film, it in, in might. My, in my thing here is you have to listen to what he's saying while he's talking about it, or what he's saying the meat thing that right immediately after he wakes up, which is he doesn't say that the. That the war or the US made him a killer, he killed for himself, which is bullshit. Like, he was a peaceful guy who. who and... would, like, everyone. You have to go in the army and be turned into a killer. That's the point. And he learned to kill for himself after they turned him into a killer. That's just the whole point. But if you're having a dream and you imagine all these things, to so imagine that the person that you trusted most, after one of the most intense breakdowns in your life from your PTSD, shoots you in the gut, because what happens? You end up doing all these other things and killing more. I think that's a a visual he's always been having in his head. I think these are all visuals that he's continuously fighting, so that when he wakes up and makes that machete and says, I kill for myself, I think those are images that have been haunting him for years, and people that he's been blaming, both himself, the people he's killed, uh, Taotman, and he's walking away and going, you know what? I'm not killing because of the war. I'm not killing because of the U.S. I'm not killing because Toutman made me this thing. I'm killing for myself. I want to kill. I need to accept the fact that I am this thing and that I want to do it. And then if I use that tool for a good service, I might be able to help people like in this situation. I can't escape it, and I can't blame other people for it. It's part of me. It's who I am, and I want to do it. And that's how I'm going to use it for good. And that's what I feel like that moment is. Because there's a lot of other images in that thing that is really kind of weird. But if for that moment, all of those images in my mind are the kind of things that haunt somebody. But he wakes up and makes a very, very specific decision. And that decision is to refute all the other responsibilities, or all the other excuses for why he kills. He kills for himself. He took responsibility for that. The moment you take responsibility and accept that... Is the moment you can use the thing that you think is a curse for good. It's he accepts who he is is the thing, and those images seem like the things that were holding his back it holding him back when he sleeps.
0: It's like, um, so I have the quote here. Um, I got on I got an IMDb. He says like, you know what you are, what you're made of. Wars in your blood. Don't fight it. You didn't kill for your country. You killed for yourself. God's never going to make that go away. When you're pushed, killing's as easy as breathing. God, he is a psychopath.
1: He is a psychopath, but I think he he still makes a step forward in taking responsibility for his for his uh, nature, for for the decisions that he makes or the decisions that he has made. He he under. He doesn't undersell that, which is nice. It's important because he goes on to work with other people. He goes on to save other people. It's not like he just ran in to help the missionaries and was like, I'm killing. Are you coming with me? No, he walks up and he says, "You, you either die for, you either die for something or you live for nothing. Make a decision. Are you coming to try and change something or are you not? It's exactly what she says to him earlier in the movie. He just didn't want to accept the fact that he could help them. He could help him get across the border. The moment he finds himself in in, uh, an action of violence, he immediately wants to turn back. But she wants to plow forward, and he thanks her for it. But he's also pretty afraid that things aren't going to change for them. And when they don't, it's only the fact that they might be alive that he goes to help them. But it also makes me wonder how many other people have come to him and asked for help as a guy who drives boats and he's turned them down. So is this the straw that broke the camel's back, or was she just super attractive? I don't know.
0: Like he, goes.
1: She changed his mind. But the guy walks up and he's like, "Do you, we'll pay you. Do you want to help us? He's like, no. And she's like, maybe I should try. Remember, I've got a vagina. <laughs> and, <then walked> <laughs> right. and I was like, come on, movie. You're better than them.
0: I know, I right? Like, I saw I like- I'm just like, what? So what is she going to say that he hasn't already? <laughs>
1: She approaches him. She approaches him with kindness and with respect, which is true. But also, he rebuffs her, and she waits in the rain all like all night for him to talk to him about it again. And that's fine. Like she showed that she was both kind and strong. Um, but and I agree with her. But at the end of the film, when she's just like crying and screaming as all the blood and gore is blowing up, which by the way, I don't like undermine her as a as a person for that because that stuff was disgusting and gross and probably what actually happens when a giant bullet rips through your body like that. And it was loud and crazy. But I really wish... I wish she wasn't the missionary. I wish that she was just a volunteer and that she could have picked up the gun and could have helped. Because it really doesn't help that she's just sitting there crying like that while the other guy uh, gets to have the more extreme point of view and change like the guy in Saving Private Ryan. So I, I don't know. I, I, I have a little bit of a problem with that. And I have no problem with the way they represent Christians. I think um, their stance on violence changing things in general and guns first is weird in general. So I it, don't think like yeah. that's so much to do with the religion. I think that's just a whole bag of political yeah. uh, mousetrap to stick my hand in. But I, where I don't believe with some of that, uh, where I don't believe in some of that politically. Politically, I do believe in some of that in terms of telling the story of an action movie. I can watch action movies, not believe in their politics, and still have a good time. I can watch an, a, a Stallone or a Schwarzenegger movie from the '80s and understand that I don't believe in this crap, but it is fun to watch. And I would have loved her picking up a gun and being like, "That's insane." She wouldn't do that in real life, but good for her. Women are strong; they don't have to cry when guns are going off in a corner that would have been nice to see but it doesn't it it conflicts with her character which sucks she's not supposed to pick up a gun but is she really supposed to cry when the action is going on she's already seen a bunch she's already like stood up for herself wants to go forward like you know what it's weird weird.
0: you know what that moment where rambo Runs out of ammo, have her help him run, have him help her, or have her help him load the gun. Yeah. Or something, you know? In or that like line of thinking.
1: Or have an arc with the sniper. There's never like a moment where the sniper has to make the decision and she impacts it, or helps him, or changes his mind with anything with her own theories about like peace and stuff.
0: Yeah. Um...
1: Like, maybe maybe a bunch of kids are getting, like, harassed by a soldier and he's gonna shoot the soldier in the head, but she's like, maybe not shoot someone in the face in front of a child. And he, like, shoots the guy in the leg and it gives a chance for the kids to run away. Like, something like that would have been nice. Just some interaction with the sniper or helping him reload the gun rather than cry. That really bothered me a bit.
0: So, so, the guy, right um so so he's like all just he's actually quite condescending a little bit to Rambo and it's like
1: a little bit no he's totally condescending okay well I mean he he, he asks for help and Rambo rebuffs him and Rambo's big and tough and they're in a they're in Burma for crying out loud like he's the perfect guy to help him The fact that he doesn't is crazy. And the guy should be upset about that. But when he's on the boat and he's helped them already and she's convinced them to take them down the river and she's like just taking three steps to go talk to Rambo. He's like, where are you going? I was like, shut up, dude. Come on. What are you doing? He said yes. He's helping you. Be thankful. Uh, uh, Like, like, be gracious. Say thank you to the guy. Don't don't act like he's an animal that right. she's walking toward.
0: And that's what are you what doing? I'm, that's what I'm getting towards. Like he says, like after they load off, the get off the boat. He's like, I still have to report this because you may you may think what you did back there was right, but taking a life is never right. First off, who are you going to report hot. this to? You're in the middle of freaking nowhere. You, you found him in the middle of nowhere, and you just came all the way out to the middle of more nowhere, so who are you going to report this to? Second, he was defending you, and he even said it himself, like, they would have, like, assaulted her 50 times and cut your heads off. Okay, so what was he supposed to do? You know, just let him do that? Just let them do that? No. Okay, he's still got something in that psychotic line of thinking of his, and...
1: You have to look at it from his point of view. A he doesn't speak whatever that guy was saying. I don't think. I think whatever whatever he was saying to Rambo, that guy probably didn't understand. Although he said he'd been to Burma a few times, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind him sitting there saying that violence is not the answer. Especially since Rambo really murked them.
0: I mean, he, he did. Like, I, feel like I must he,
1: admit. I feel like he, he totally blew this other guy's face off. Like, he could have shot these guys in the legs or the arms or something and, like, let them live. He didn't have to immediately, like, shh, blow that guy's face inside out. Here's the thing. I think that's the dance the guy could have made. Which is why I don't mind when he walks away. He's like, hey, I'm going to report this. But I agree with you. The guy he's supposed to report it to, the guy who runs the church that they came from, which, by the way, the fact that he came all the way to Burma, I mean, come on. That was hilarious. <laughs>
0: that, like, that was pretty silly. The
1: fact that, silly. that a priest from Colorado was like, "Hey man, I'm from Colorado, bro. Like, oh god, I've lost my I've lost my volunteers, man. I it, it must be desperate if I come to these situations. I'm like, you're in fucking Burma, dude. <laughs> you're in Burma. What are you doing right now? You couldn't like the, the, the Rambo not have a phone? Like you need to you need to like really really stress how hard it was for you to get there to go see this guy." Like, you're in Burma, dude. He's in a suit and tie.
0: That's what made it better.
1: That was hilarious. (laughs) I was like, oh my god, how did he get there? Like, what are you talking about? Where is Rambo? That's the thing. Where is Rambo in terms of, is he like, just on the outskirts of the, like, what is going on right now? And the fact that this guy just walks up in a suit and tie, like he just came out of, like a limo, pulls up to the tent. And it's like, oh, man, oh, traffic. I want some subway. I've got some left over anyway. If I came all the way here during these situations, you know you must be desperate. Like, come on, what are you talking about? Like, the moment that guy showed up and Rambo's like, what happened? I was like, oh, my God, this priest from Colorado. And that's why when he was like, I'm going to report this, I was like, who the hell are you going to report this to? The priest? Like, he's pissed that he had to go to Burma.
0: <laughs> um, he wants
1: to be in Burma right now jeez like look I want to see this church it has the <laughs> money to send these people there and then send the priest there
0: um it's...
1: I, I, the people that are like like in the um just have to give money every week. They're like, we need a few more money. It turns out our volunteers were kidnapped again in Burma. I need to go over there and find some guy named John Rambo. I don't know. He's got a boat or something. And
0: here's the so thing. we
1: need more money the mercenaries, and we're going to bring the basket around.
0: <laughs> here's, an- here's another thing. Like, here's another thing. You got, um, here's the thing. He's also like one of the most like this is the second movie now. He's so findable. Like he tries to hide but they eventually find him anyway.
1: That's such a good point.
0: Like like the priest of Colorado finds him, the missionaries find him um 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 Droughtman um, finds him in the
1: mission location. Lo- <sighs> what I think is funny is that like it's not, he, does, he may do really excellent work trying to hide himself, but he's a big, giant, ex-Vietnam, ex-military American. He's so easy to pick out. Also... He's, like just, he's always running into crap like this.
0: Also, the mercenaries, right? You would think that it'd be actually much more interesting if, like, the sniper guy actually knew who John Rambo was. Because they played it out like nobody knew who this guy was. But I kind of find it hard to believe that you didn't hear about the guy in 1985 who went nuts on a Colorado town and then you're going to mouth off to him like that. Like, the guy almost okay. obliterated an entire town. Stan- like, for I, the... I think- like, hold on, oh, I, on, on. let I, me
1: get this out I, I was asking myself I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Go ahead. I was asking myself that exact same question like, do I think that the mercenaries should have known who John Rambo was as a legend as the legendary status of John Rambo and I thought about it. yes, do I think they've heard about maybe at a, for like 20 years the story about John Rambo, the guy who, the Vietnam vet who destroyed a town do I think it just went to, it went from people knowing his name to the Vietnam vet who destroyed a town in Washington? Absolutely. I think his name disappeared from that and he was just the vet that destroyed a town. And then, do I think that people heard about their second and third exploits? No, I don't.
0: No, not the, the, second, not the second and third exploits.
1: The second one got swept under the rug by, um, the, by the, the corporate guy.
0: In Rambo, because he destroyed it, ev- all the yeah. evidence.
1: Yeah, Rambo destroyed all the evidence. He destroyed the only way for that guy to continue finding more POWs, and he didn't go find more POWs. So he wasn't the guy who went out and found POWs. He only did it once, and the guy he did it for probably didn't want people to know that that entire event happened and kept it to himself. In the third movie, he helped the Taliban. No one wants that to be remembered. So no, I don't think anybody remembers John Rambo. <laughs> In the, third, in the third movie, he, like Topman gets taken, but it's just one guy saving one guy. And then, yeah, he helps a town, he helps a village, but soldiers help villages every single day, and we never hear anything about that. In terms of the soldiers, I think it's the same thing. They've heard people, like, stories happen every day, so maybe people heard about it, but it's been 20 years. So, no, I don't think these guys give a crap about one, like, situation involved with the the Taliban in the 80s. They've heard for years and years and years on end, as these guys have been growing up since 9-11, that the Taliban is something bad. So they probably haven't heard all the great stories John Rambo did with them in the 80s. That would be my guess.
0: But, like, it's... Like, um... So that's one thing.
1: the town story maybe, but I don't think people remember that a guy named John Rainbow did it. I think they just remember the vet that destroyed a town in Washington.
0: Um. So, like, like we said, the gratuitous violence of this movie is, like, on another level, um, akin to, like, Hardcore Henry or, um. what did I say last week? Black Hawk Down? No, this was worse than Black Hawk Down, I think.
1: This is worse... Of course this is worse than Black Hawk Down. Yeah, I don't know why I this said is that. A, This is, like, Braveheart level, dude.
0: Um... Like, the last five minutes... were just, like... I can't even, like, properly describe what happened in the last five minutes. We had, like, a... a large callback to the third movie where he mounts the fifty caliber machine gun... But, like, it's extended for five minutes. And the gore is, like, so much worse. There's a moment where People
1: he... Are like water balloons. Limbs are going. People are dying.
0: <laughs> like, um... <laughs> it's worse. Like, there's it a moment where a little truck little... is coming. Right?
1: He roadhouses
0: somebody. Come on. Right. And he... There's a truck coming. And... He guns down this truck with the machine gun and they just they're just exploding. And that I'm just like the, that's
1: probably my favorite action moment um in terms of technically because it's the perfect combination of fake blood, digital blood that you can't ignore and practical effects because everyone in the front seat explodes with actual practical like body everyone's a water balloon in this movie. And that's what explodes in the front seat. And in the back seat everyone just kind of like falls over and is covered in fake digital blood, it's the perfect thing to be like, oh this is awesome, but it's kind of really sad. If there is any movie I'll tell you right now, when the bad guy gets his guts ripped out by Rambo.
0: That was insane. That but right there was looked, gross. It
1: looked fucking awful.
0: It did. Right?
1: <laughs> if there's any movie that needs a Star Wars George Lucas remake cleanup job, it's this one. I would crowdfund that in a a (laughs) minute. I want to see actual intestines. I want to see what this guy ate for dinner coming out of his (laughs) gut. I want when he rips out his throat to be like tendons, like coming like a string of like saliva from a kiss. I want like that. I want him to rip that throat
0: out. I am putting a warning on this episode. So big.
1: Whew. Dude, it's... Wait, I'm sorry. Were you not going to put a warning on the people that were going to watch this movie? Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, people should have been warned ahead of this movie.
1: I think if, it, if people listen to this, though, you've made it pretty clear how violent it is. And it, Yeah, it's violent.
0: It's pretty Real violent.
1: violent. It, it's excessive. This is an exploitation movie, like, full on. Like The definition of this movie is when Rambo takes a mine sticks it into a World War II bomb, and then blows up a jungle for about six men.
0: <laughs> um, it's insane.
1: Like, there are people that were just in that jungle farting around, and they're dead. The wildlife, dead.
0: Also, like, there was the moment where he told the sniper guy to fire off a shot, and apparently it must have somehow given away the guy who had his leg virtually blown off. Uh, the bald guy. Um,
1: I don't think it. I don't think it gave him away.
0: I no, it didn't they give Rambo off. away. I'm talking the guys who, like the whole group of got people, the whole all the mercenaries and the two missionaries. I think that gave them away. Like I was like, what did that sniper shot have anything to do with those people? They're like miles away.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Um, they were along the way from those army men to Rambo. They were trying to get their things together to get out of those guys' way. When he took that shot off, those army men sped up, and they eventually ran into those people on their way to Rambo. Rambo didn't know that that was going to happen. He was just like, I want to draw all the attention from you guys, and hopefully the other guys by you shooting a shot and they'll come after me. He didn't know that they, but they were going to speed up their way to already run into the other guys. So when they did, they ran into them faster than they did. They just couldn't get their like little thing together in time. So that way, when they moved their way down the mountain, the girl and the uh, uh, sniper, they ran into them getting caught. And Rambo probably saw that too, moved his way around him, and got
0: the jump on him. Um. Oh, man. Like, this... And then...
1: (laughs) I like how the scene... The girls didn't know where they were. They didn't know that their shot was gonna do that.
0: Also, okay. Sorry, I just thought of this. I just thought of this. I was gonna make a point of this. Like, the dream sequence was, like, a reminder of, like, he's never gonna come to full terms... Um, with who he is until he comes full circle Um, so like he apparently the way this film comes full circle is he guns down about a hundred people and then he walks down a road in almost the exact same outfit that he wore in the first movie to his dad's farm in Arizona Um, we're gonna get to that
1: we're going to get to that, bro. Ooh. Oh, you want to oh, save that? Okay. I've got to say, so first of all, that, that quote that you're talking about that Talman makes is from the last movie, when they thought that was the last movie. Yeah. When they thought his, the, his stance of violence, because in that movie, he's fighting for something. It's yeah. like, war turned you into this. You need to accept that you're a killer now, that you killed because we told you to, and now you're really good at it. You need to use it for good. Whether you hate it or not, it's a part of who you are, except who you are. This movie is them saying, you killed because you wanted to. Not because they made you, because you liked it. And you do like it. It's okay, man. You're good at it. Enjoy what you're good at. You sew? Sew. If you carve wood, good. If you like to rip people's throats out, go ahead, buddy. Whatever's. And that's kind of what... <laughs> that's, you, I think they earned that here. But it is sort of a step back. Because in the last movie, they, it seemed like him and Topman were buddies. It seems that they were like, hey man, I think it's time for us to go, let's go to America or let's like take a break for a bit. Like we're gonna maybe, you know, our adventures will go on but we're cool for a while. I feel like they really were satisfied with that ending. So to find the first thing out of Rambo's mouth when this movie starts to be fuck the world, I was like, what the hell happened to you, dude? And I don't know, that's probably my biggest problem. Because they don't, they don't, they don't earn why he, says that. They don't earn why he's like, fuck the world. Like, the, what is he upset about? Was it how Taubman died? Did he try to go back? Did What he was done with that? Did he go on other missions and then just decide to end up in Burma? Like, he's lost stuff. Like, he's jaded for some reason. We never get that reason. It just sort of like, we have to accept it. That seems really odd to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, especially considering how the third one ends. But I really liked the ending here. I liked him walking down the road. I liked him going to the farm uh, for a couple reasons. First of all, uh, the first thing that grabbed me really, like, struck me and hit me, um, I guess you could say heartstrings, that made me, it made my eyes water. I was laughing so hard at his fucking hair, Chris. What was his hair doing? (laughs) I noticed that, too. I'm like, wait, what? What the hell was that? (laughs) And then I realized when he's walking away and he's walking towards the farm and you look from behind, the entire haircut is made to look like the way his hair looks in the first movie from behind. That, that meant that it had to kind of not look good in the front, but it certainly was like... I was like, oh my god, I get it. This entire movie, it may be dipped in some sort of real world politics. They may have seen some things they felt they could transpire onto the, sp- onto the screen and like make people actually care about an issue in the real world. It may be his return to actual good filmmaking, but this movie is—it's a midlife crisis. these moments in the movie like there's a moment where a guy stabs a, 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 an army dude he just stabs him in the gut and then he falls on the ground and then he stabs him like four times in the side and I'm like enough I get it enough like there are moments like that all over the movie and it's just it's like he's trying to prove that he's he's he just saw violence in the real world and he put it on the screen because he's like why don't we show this on the screen this is the way it is punk right rock and roll like my hair looks great right it's a midlife crisis but it's a great one I don't mind it.
0: To be um, fair, course, he does look—he uh, does look uh, physically fit and rather large. Um,
1: oh no, he looks—he still looks large today. It's why there's another Rambo coming, and last that's blood. why I loved the ending. That's why I loved the ending because that's when I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because I've been seeing every time I go to Rambo on IMDb to look up information on these movies, I keep seeing information for Rambo: Last Blood. And you see pictures from it. There's already set photos. And, he's, and you see him on his farm. You see him in his barn, all bloodied. And like he's been battled already. You see him on a horse. And I'm like, when did Rambo get a farm? And like, maybe it's from the books and they just never put it in the movies yet. And then I get to the end of this movie and he's walking towards a farm. And I was like, that is one of the most satisfying sequel bits I've ever seen. Because when this movie got made, it was an ending. For me right now, it's sequel bait. Because if you listen to the music, it's like classic banana, banana, <laughs> na, 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 Western stuff, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Rainbow is going to be a cowboy." They didn't even maybe he knew it at the time that he always wanted to make one on a ranch, but I, I I'm so excited now after hearing that music and seeing that ranch and knowing one is coming. I was like, I really wish we rolled the dice on this right before fall, right before this movie came out. But I'm super excited for it.
0: Like. Like, of all, like, the most peaceful, like, it's, like, one of the most peaceful places to wage war. It's, like, a, it's like a farm, and that farm is specific. It's so, like, Star Wars a great mountain view, and, like, now he's going to have to blow it all up. And probably yell, yeah, let he charges a, a Russian tank into a Russian hind. Um, or just mows down a bunch of people with the fifty caliber machine gun. I don't know. Speaking of which, he guns down the driver. Of that jeep, right? After cutting the guy's head off. Um, Yep, that's right. He guns down the driver. How does that jeep not blow up? Surely bullets went into the engine. Um, We're going by movie logic here.
1: I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't running on an engine. Maybe it was Flintstone rules.
0: Either way, the driver came out as like human mush.
1: Oh, yeah. No, everyone does by those bullets. That's the thing, like... That gun is so powerful it kept the engine from exploding. It blew it shot it up that much.
0: <laughs> just And here's the thing. Now it's just hitting me what you're saying because now like the whole the way the music came on at the end, it's like did they always plan to do this? Did they plan to take this long to do it though? I don't think so.
1: I, I don't know because guess what? Creed comes out and it's a success and he makes his way into Creed 2 and all of a sudden we're getting a Rambo movie again? Huh. Pretty funny.
0: It's uh, directed by a different guy so hopefully... But then again, Creed. Wait, what?
1: My point is this is the re-resurgence of Sylvester Stallone. Creed came out. But Creed isn't the success story of Stallone. It would have been the co-success story of Cologne... Uh, oh my god! Cologne! The- go <laughs> Cologne! I'm gonna try it again. <laughs> hey, 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 Do you want? Have you woke up any day and said, "I wanted to smell like Sylvester Stallone"? Well, now you can with Sylvester Cologne.
0: No, it's Kilvester Cologne. <laughs>
1: Vesta Cologne. Do you wanna smell like you could kill a man from fifty miles away? Try Covesta Cologne. You can, rip
0: a, you can rip a guy's throat out.
1: Uh, no, dude, that does not belong to Stallone. Does it doesn't. That's what that's one of the problems that I kind of had too. Cause um when he ripped the throat out, I was like, That's awesome. It looked great. That's as excessive as this movie is, but that's not yours. That's not his. It's it is it is Patrick Swayze's It's Roadhouse He Roadhouse'd him That's what he did That's why I want to put Roadhouse on the wheel Because okay. That movie is insane And um They hype that moment up Properly You can't just put that In a movie After Roadhouse exists You can't just have a character Rip someone's
0: throat out And have that be the case. Have you ever seen McGruber? Um Oh McGruber? Yeah Oh I've seen bits and pieces I've seen a few SNL skits no, first of all, you need to see the movie. Okay. one hundred and ten percent
1: Chris. MacGruber is one of the funniest movies of the last 10 years. Like, <laughs> it's a cult classic, in my opinion. It, It's... Oh, God, it's so good. But that's a big thing they do in that movie. It's because it happened in Roadhouse. MacGruber in the movie is like... I can't explain MacGruber the movie, but there's a running gag in the movie where he's like, I rip throats. I rip throats all the time. I'm a classic throat ritter. And, like... He does. He does it a lot. It's, it's actually pretty funny. Um, but it's in two other... I don't remember if that came out after this movie did, but that will always be a Roadhouse thing. <clears throat> you need to see Roadhouse and MacGruber.
0: Okay. And Hot Shots Part deux.
1: Uh, that I wish you'd a dude... I, I haven't mentioned it because you haven't seen it, but I wish you'd have watched it because it really would have been the perfect thing to talk about before we, we watched this one. But, uh, yeah, I, I was really, really happy to see that it was on Hulu, and for me, it holds up a lot, both nostalgically, and I also think there's a lot of really good gags in there.
0: Oh, man, this unreal. Just...
1: This... <laughs> I will say... um. There are, there isn't a lot of like really good visual moments, imagery I think, but I did like the party that all the army men threw. It was like, it was like a, a, just a room full of jokers. It was insane. It was just chaos incarnate. And then one guy takes a smoke flare and he puts it off and that's how all the guys know, well party's over, let's all go back. None of them are upset about it. They're like, oh man, that's just the end of the party. That's how we know someone did something so crazy we have to leave. And all of them are leaving, and that cabin is just filled with red smoke and light, and I was like, that's a cool shot. That's the only cool shot in here. I don't know how they got that, maybe it's because it was a huge setup, or they had to get a smoke machine and everything, but like, it was the one time I felt like they composed and thought something through and executed it um, the way that they did it in the second movie a lot more. And that's probably my favorite shot in the movie. Also, him stepping in the puddle of blood is very much what this movie is, like... That's what he's trying to say immediately. I saw that and I'm like, oh, so this is Rambo stepping in a pool of blood. And then the village got attacked and I was like, nope, this is Rambo stepping in a pool of blood. Got it.
0: I like how, now that I think about it, like, when he was told it was going to get reported by the guy, the next thing we see him do is burn the bodies. Like, that's not when you do that. Like, that just makes him look like, oh, crap, I'm going to get (laughs) reported. I I better burn these bodies. That's exactly what I thought. Ugh. Uh no, I totally agree. This, like, um, why even burn the bodies at all? Like, what, what?
1: Because he thought what I thought, which is that Rambo, because I thought this was originally just going to be a story about him and the missionaries and maybe the villagers towards the end. But just them. I didn't think the missionaries were going to... Not the missionaries. The mercenaries were going to get involved. So, I thought he was going to... Um, kill those pirate guys. Kill those pirates. Then he was going to bring them to the village. Then he was going to leave. Try to cover the evidence of the pirates. or But be too late. And the pirates were actually going to be going off and killing the people at the village... Because he killed those pirates. And that's what he thought. I need to get rid of the evidence. The pirates are going to go after the people of the village. But he didn't think the guy, that the army was going to come in and employ some of the most sadistic methods I've ever seen on screen. He didn't know. And apparently no, neither did the guy who's been to Burma six times.
0: <laughs> but they
1: massacred that town. But they didn't massacre them because he killed the pirates. They did it
0: because they just felt like fucking doing it. And then one guy, or like there was one guy in the uh, pen... With the, uh, with the dude, and, like, the guy looks up at the bad guy, makes eye contact, and he's not supposed to do that. And what he tells him is, like, feed him to the pigs. So they, so they, they feed him, take him to the pigs, and then? They put him in a, and then they put him, and later on you see him when they're trying to rescue everybody. You see him, they strung him in a, crucifix pose while his legs are being eaten by uh, pigs.
1: Yeah, when I saw that I was like, I did my own MST3K as Stallone and I was like, well, I found one of them. Like he just walk, he walks up to the guy and he's like, hey man, I'll get you out of here in one second. Just continue hanging around. But no, he was dead.
0: Yeah, he was like, dead.
1: Let let out a long time ago. <laughs> He got
0: snatched real quick. Um Trying to think if there's anything else. Like nah, that's uh, There was the part where he took a string like it took a piece of her coat and like yeah, it to his leg and that was enough to get the dogs away. Meanwhile there's still the rest of the coat. Uh
1: yes. I thought I thought it was funny. It's a the reason he did it is it's an homage to the second Rambo. But it's also conveniently really stupid because she also is smells like herself. Like maybe the yeah. maybe the dogs will be confused for a second, but they're gonna follow her. It would be like uh, it just no. It would be like if I the strongest? one wing. It'd be like if I had one chicken leg and I was running down the street. But then my friend had the entire bucket of chicken. Like the dog knows what's up.
0: And if you stop, it, you stop to think about it for a second. He ties it to his boot. His boot's gonna go through mud and water and leaves and grass. It's gonna smell like a whole put that, like
1: put that on your arm or something. Yeah,
0: like put it on your head. That's what he likes to do anyway.
1: I mean, I, I get the fact that if he puts it on his boot, then it'll touch more grass and leaves and stuff for the dog that's closer to the dog's nose. But you're right; it's it, there's way more of a possibility that it's gonna like get muddy and dirty and disgusting which is funny because when he pulls it off later it's like clean as a whistle <laughs> that's right like, like when he picks up the rag that explodes the bomb it's just like this quick. it's like I, for a second for like one second when he looked at it and the screen like closed like did a close up on it I'm like did he leave a dinner napkin oh no that's the that's the thing so like, like... <laughs> it looks like the kind of thing you wrap up and like put as like on the plate and leave for Thanksgiving dinner
0: So I know, I think, I think I'm reaching now. So like, um, what else? Like like this
1: movie. A lot of it is just the violence. Yeah. A lot of it, like people's heads, like when he, when the sniper kills the two people, um, under the bridge, I thought it was really hilarious because one guy's head just plain blows up and it blows up in all directions. But then, when he when they back away, the body goes flying, and I'm like, "You got to choose one. <laughs> yeah, either his brains go back and the body goes back, or his brains go everywhere and his head goes down. Like either the bullet just exploded the head and the body goes down out of sheer gravity, but it doesn't go flying. And then visually, it's something else. Like they were running out of ways to show people's heads blow
0: up. It's, it was here's, really kind of funny. Here's one more thing. Like in in the boat when he guns down the pirates, there's one still alive. And then he, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to put one bullet, he's going to put one bullet in his head, and that's going to be the end of it. He puts, like, six or seven in him.
1: Yeah, he, like, really, he really turns it into mush.
0: Like, he wants to make sure, he really wants to make sure he's dead, or he just did that because. Like. I
1: think that's Rainbow. That's <laughs> that's Rainbow walking out in the middle of nowhere. That's that crazy guy we all know Pretty crazy. <laughs> Like he's he more—he's way more sane in this movie, but he's also still insane. Right. He's like not doubting that at all—one hundred and ten percent. It's like uh, this. he rips the guy's throat out.
0: He said. He said it himself. When you're pushed, killing's as easy as breathing. Like when I heard that, I'm just like, he's just that. He just like. But these it's are great you're admitting your order. insanity.
1: These like these are decisions of excess. Like when he shoots that guy the second time in the head. That that head was that skull was already mush. He's doing it out of sheer just like I want to see that brain get more mushy. You're like that's insane. When he when like the, when you he's making these decisions that, he didn't have to like kill a guy a certain way, but he does. He didn't have to rip that guy's throat out. He does. He didn't have to like completely rip that guy's intestines out, but he did. He just he wanted to. That's insane. Like to kill someone effectively is like slice their throat or snap their neck. Like less blood, less noise is possible. But no, like he wants to hear them scream. He wants, he wants to. He wants to see the stunned look on their face when the guy sees that his Adam's apple is in somebody else's hand. Like he wants that stuff. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Like so. I guess. To, I guess. To, I guess to wrap this up. The. This movie goes to excessive... Like, okay, sure, it may be, like, the best, like, Rambo movie, but the fact that it went to such excessive lengths in its violence and, like, its content to get you to care about the story and watching the bad guys get shredded, like, literally, is just so excessive and unnecessary. Um... It's it's just it,
1: it, it, it's just so shocking to me that the amount of extreme violence that happens to the villains of this movie is almost on par, if not equal to what happens to the children in this movie. Yeah, which is odd. It is That's, odd.
0: It's it,
1: it's saying you're going to be. It is a it, it's it's exploitation. This is on par with um, Last House on the Left. This is like rape revenge. One hundred and oh my god! I'm playing the movie right now, and he just shot the gun and exploded the driver again all over the place. Oh my gosh! These people are water balloons.
0: Um. <laughs> You're watching the last five minutes again. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but uh, but the, to me, like this is a combination of two things. Stallone was going through a midlife crisis, and he wanted to show something that he that one had ever seen on screen, on a punk level, he wanted to be extreme, he just thought it was, he just thought he had, it it was his last chance he was going to do, but I also think that when he looked and did the research of this, looked at the news reports, then actually went there and shot stuff, he was like, oh, no, this is a war, this is genocide, this is how this stuff actually looks, we're in danger right now, I'm going to put this on screen. And I do think that there's an earnest merit to it, but I also think there's a wow, this is going to be something that people have never seen before. Aren't I a badass dude being in a Rambo movie? Don't don't tell anyone I'm fifty-eight, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Uh, and, and I have to give it credit because the results are extremely entertaining, but also extremely interesting because I don't necessarily know if I want to see this on screen. This is the kind of stuff that I get questionable with Mel Gibson about. Like, this is the kind of thing that I know is in Hacksaw Ridge.
0: Yeah. But
1: I don't want to watch Hacksaw Ridge because of who made it. I have to give Stallone some merit because I look at the backstory of this film and I think, oh, he wanted to be extreme because he felt like he was going through a midlife crisis. But then he also looked and did the research on something that was going on in the world and thought the more I tell people about it, the more they'll go into it. And he was seeing this imagery every day and felt like it was something that was important the world saw. It was, a, I think, kind of a bad idea because of the Rambo package you put it in. If he made another movie where it wasn't Rambo and he wasn't doing such extreme killing but still tried to tell these messages, people probably would have taken him a little bit more seriously. This isn't a cop land. It's a Rambo movie. And that's because you called it a Rambo movie. So you have to be careful with that. I think he toes that line very interestingly enough, but then he has more than one rape story in here and he's blowing people up with 50 caliber bullets and it's, ex- they're exploding like water balloons. And then you have this fake digital blood and it's like, uh, 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 I, I don't know if you're trying to sell a point, if you're trying to sell me fake digital blood, what are you trying to say? And that sucks, but it's also pretty interesting when you look at the arc of this entire franchise, Who Rambo was To what he becomes It's two different people There's the Rambo From the books That became the first movie And then there's the Rambo That Stallone Eventually took over And Eventually I think Understood Not very many people Get to take over A character That they play once Evolve it into Some other idea And then Fully capitalize On the best assets That that character Brings out of you Not very many people Get to do that Stallone didn't do it more than once, I don't, I mean well actually no, he didn't do it more once I guess him and Rambo were not his no, I mean, hi, I mean, Rocky is his idea, it wasn't his direction in the first movie but it, Rocky is 110% his idea, Rambo was not, and he really turned it into his own thing, so there's two different versions of it, <clears throat> for him to call the last movie, Last Blood makes me wonder how much of the first movie he wants to put in as a respectful thing, because Rocky Balboa, I think is as much of a love letter to the first movie as Creed is. And I think he puts a lot of respect into that first director's visuals in Rocky Balboa than anything else. I don't think he does that here in Rambo. I think he's hopefully going to do that in Last Blood. Because this is way more... Rambo is way more of what he envisioned Rambo to be. I'm hoping Last Blood is a better understanding of what that first movie was. I want that first movie in the canon more, and I'm hoping that the last movie... Capitalizes on this. I'm sorry, I forgot. There's a moment in the movie where someone gets exploded with a missile and bursts into flame, and then immediately gets blown up with another missile, and then knocked to the other end of the hill. And it's a it's a real person. It's a real stunt person. There's so much access in this movie.
0: Wait, is that in the last five minutes? Or when was that? Yeah,
1: like someone gets someone like they're shooting missiles out of the rocket, like they're putting missiles in a rocket, and it hits a guy. He is on fire, and then he explodes, and then gets hit again, <laughs> like immediately after it. <laughs> I, it, I think Stallone was thought he was making his Saving Private Ryan.
0: <sighs> he was not um, making something. No, like I do far more virtuous
1: uh, like Rocky Balboa. It's a good understanding of what the character is structurally. Like we don't. The only problem is we don't know how he got here very well but you do get an idea of where he's going, which I'll give him credit for. Whether he thought he was going to make Last Blood or not, watching him walk up to that farm, hearing that Western music that that like goes in and out of his theme, you, you get an idea of a future. And that's great. Because we don't understand his past, at least we understand his future. I'll give him that. I think this is the second best Rocky movie. I think this is the second best Rambo movie, but I think it's the first... Like the number one Stallone Rainbow movie,
0: fully. Um, this is like an anomaly. If I'm if I'm gonna compare it to the other three, like the first one was really good, really solid. Um, second one was insane and a heck of a time to talk about. Um. Third one was like just something a little more like third, the third one was like better told than the first but it was still like a bit crazy and like so weird cuz he's quipping now because now he's now he's an 80s hero um and now we've come here and like he George Lucas all the gore. Um and like it's very excessive, their children being thrown into fires and shot and stabbed with bayonets. Um like uh, I don't know how to rate this one. I don't know how to grade this one, Alex. I'm Well, at well a loss let's start here. with
1: well, how would you rate the movies like where like you just explain i would say i'll do the same thing in terms of describing which what i like about them all but you just explained everything you liked about them but what would you rate them in terms of the franchise which what's the order
0: for you Hmm. Uh, i this sucks um Well, two is pretty insane. I have to say. I want to. My gut's saying one, two, and three. But I graded two lower than three. In terms of a movie, but if we're talking like this franchise, if we're sticking strictly to the context of this franchise. I' I'll give you I'll give I might you this. say one I'll give two and three I'll, I'll give you a caveat
1: because of how this franchise is. There's the there's the order of films that are like the best films and then there are the films that are the most entertaining for you to watch right because I think there are, there are better I think three I think uh, you could say that some are more I guess cohesive or better than others where um, you just have more fun watching 2, for example. 2 is like right. a mess, but okay. it's a fun time to watch.
0: Like, okay, if we're talking like in that context, I'd say, in that case, 2, 3, and 1.
1: <clears throat> yeah, totally. I see what you're saying. Because 1 takes a while to get into the fun of it, and then when it does, it's really fun. But it's also like trying to say something and trying to do something different where like, Rambo 4 is like 110% um, gruesome whereas another movie like I, 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 it, for me I would probably say the older I get the more I appreciate 1 a lot and I do think it's the best 1 it's the best film out of it so I would say that's the best film 4 I think is the next one No, I would say the the next best film is the third one. It's just, it's a perfect combination of, like, it looks good, it's... You know what, screw it. (laughs) I'm going to say one, four, two, three. One is the best film. It's just different than all the others, but it has something to say. Four is, like, the best Rambo movie. It's super fun. It doesn't look great, and it, it has sort of, like, problems with it that are specific, that are like specifically from the production of it, but in terms of a good time, like an earnest, non-ironic good time, I like four. There are things about it that are just insane, the gore is just insane, but at the end of the day, I really liked how the story moved, I liked what it told, and whether I agreed with its politics or not, I appreciated the entertainment that it intended for me to have by the end of it. Whereas the second movie I watched I think that's an ironically great time to watch. I will watch that second movie drunk with friends any day of the week. It does it's a mess, it doesn't make any sense, and it's hilarious to watch. The third movie is a sharper copy of the second movie, which really it takes away from it a lot. If I'm if I watch the second movie one night drunk with my friends, the next morning when I wake up with a hangover, I'm watching the third movie because it's safer, it's not as loud, it's not as crazy, I don't have to pay attention, it's a lot more smooth, it's just cohesive. I don't it, I don't have to strain so much. It doesn't hurt my head when the action is going. It's a cleaner, safer version of the second one. The first one's just a good movie. It has something to say with a strong character without that character having to say much, which is as a visual medium is perfect. It's a blend of character study, thriller, and action and invented a lot of things that we use nowadays and took for granted for years. The fourth one I think is a perfect action movie. It's yes, extreme and flawed in a lot of ways, but it's compelling and passionate and I appreciate that. I appreciate the narrative. I appreciate its structure. It doesn't have to look pretty for me to like it. It reminds me of what I love about like jock filmmakers from the 30s and 40s who made films that you didn't need to sit there and pay attention to every single inch of the frame. You just had to appreciate what was in the middle of it. And I think that's here. I think Stallone made a John, I think Stallone made a John Houston movie. And that kind of shocks me. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here saying that Sylvester Stallone made his version of a John Houston movie. And I appreciate it. I really do. Again, like I think the career of Sylvester Stallone is really interesting. I don't, like the guy a lot personally sometimes he's kind of a dick and his i do not agree with his politics but he has understood the business of making films almost better than anyone else who just tried to scrap their way in from rocky to now and he's having a second resurgence and part of that second resurgence is offering the spotlight to somebody else like creed is not his movie he could have been the co-successor of that movie if he won the Oscar, but he didn't. But that's Ryan Coogler's step up. Ryan Coogler got Black Panther, now Ryan Coogler is Ryan Coogler, but that basically started with the stepping stone of Creed. People may forget that because Coogler didn't stick around Creed, and it'll suck a little bit, but... I don't know. I feel like we're not going to get a Creed 3, which... kind Mm. of sucks. I wish... I wish we had more Creed movies, but a lot of that has to do with Coogler leaving, and he's giving more, he gave another director another chance with Rocky 2, or with Creed 2, and it's kind of good, and he's giving a director a chance with Last Blood, so he's still offering the branch to somebody else so he can focus on his acting and his performance in the action, so I'm excited. I'm excited for Last Blood 4, I gotta say. Stallone, you got me interested.
0: So, um, yeah, I guess that, uh, what do I, what do we grade this, Alex? I don't know how to grade this.
1: Um, this is probably a B plus for me.
0: Ugh. I would say just B
1: plus for sure. It's certainly... I could sit here and say that I wish a lot of the shots were more beautiful and I wish that the music was more compelling and I wish all the, and I wish the, I don't know, I got two great things out of it. I got a really compelling narrative and some really interesting violence and a lot of, both of those things really affected me and kept me going with the story. And if that's all you can do, it's a really success because I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to judge it on terms of like Schindler's List. I'm just trying to judge it on terms of an action movie or a Rambo movie. And to me, part of the struggle with Rambo is going from First Blood, which is a complete story beginning to end, to Rambo 2, which is a fledgling kind of fetus of a story. Like That's a blueprint of what Rambo would become. The third movie is a sharper version of this, and this fourth movie is great because it takes the narrative of Rambo, and then it puts another narrative inside it. And it says, we're going to take a Rambo movie and then put an Aliens movie in it. And then we're going to make it as gory as a Tarantino movie. And we're going to make him as uh, compelling as this. Or put, like, the politics, we'll put those just a little bit in the back corner. So they're not as whatever, but we'll have it highlight something that's in real world. stuff. Like All these elements come together to create something that's super compelling to watch that has nothing to do with how pretty a movie looks, but how interesting a movie is. And that totally won me over. And as a movie that is just as insane as it is genuinely interesting and entertaining, B+. I'm going to go B+.
0: Honestly, for me, personally, I'm leaning towards C or C+. Wow, a little bit lower for you. Just, like... Like, visually, it kind of is all over the place. The little camp. CGI moments, like the reflection in the sunglasses of the village burning. I'm just like, okay, that looks terrible. I wish they hadn't done that.
1: That and does that does look terrible to me, and that does suck. But yeah. I do appreciate that, that he's saying, look, I like Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and I love Cool Hand Luke. This, this this is that guy for me. And although it does look stupid, I appreciate the fact that he knows what he's doing when he puts that there. He's not just, like, putting it on somebody, whatever. He's trying to give you a character that doesn't say anything throughout the movie, but is evil. And we don't really understand how evil he is until he brings a kid in his room. But before that, he needs to say, this is the devil, What's one of the most famous ways they've ever represented the devil in modern times? The two most famous ones are Cool Hand Luke and Brother Rockdown, and he took it from those. Those actually had giant buildings that they could burn down to allow for those characters to have flames engulf their glasses. This, for some reason, doing a movie in the middle of a war zone, really didn't have that opportunity, and I both understand and appreciate how much they wanted to take advantage of cheap filmmaking with CGI. Um, And I think you made a good point, just on those two points alone, and I'll knock it down to a B.
0: It's like, and then, like... Like, I get, like, the action... Like, the content of what's going on is excessive. It's... Like... I was blown away... Like, action-wise, I'm just like, okay, I'm enjoying the content. I don't agree with how it's shot, but I can somehow manage it just a little bit. Um, and, the like... I didn't actually mind the CGI gore. Um, maybe I just... I, I honestly don't know why I do. I just... I'm just like... Okay, sure, it's noticeable, but I'm just like, all right, fine, okay, go on with it, but like it just I just can't I'm just my gut just can't get to be I just some I just can't get to be you know i'm I'm probably gonna stick with c plus wow, okay,
1: I think I think I can agree with that decision I see why. C plus makes sense to you for sure. For me, um, I, for everything that could be questionable about this film, there's some equivalent to it. That there's some yin to that yang. Like yes, yeah. there's CG, Like yes, there's really, really, really noticeable CG. Like I, I got to admit, the first five minutes of this movie, I was like, this looks like a fan-made YouTube movie that just <laughs> happens to have Stallone in it. I was so afraid that the whole movie was gonna look this way and you were gonna like push this movie that had like really, really shitty looking CGI in it the whole time. But however, there is another element to this film that's the actual practical effects. There's people there's like genuinely people blowing up. There's real towns blowing up. He's really shooting a fifty five caliber blanks at an entire field filled with extras that are falling down going all over the place they're, sh- they're, th- they're shooting kids, they're putting bayonets in their chest Like uh, there are actual practical effects in this and there's actual content that's so extreme that it doesn't matter whatever the practical effect is I'm still going to be shocked by it that totally sure. equal or make up for that fake blood for every like choppy not good looking scene that is going on it doesn't look great, I'm also compelled with the story that's going on, where I was completely, like, intrigued at, like, how the cards kept getting different, and how we went from quiet missionaries to now talkative mercenaries, so, like, I, for every little thing that didn't work, something did work, and if you put on top of it the passion that people actually got from the real-world situation that they were going through, and drove them to finish the story, that little bit is what I'm giving it, so maybe you might not feel that, but, like, that's just where I'm coming from, so I totally understand what is getting you down to a plus? Right. Like, totally. Like, I see those things for sure.
0: Like, like, it's, like, sometimes I, like, I'm, it's not to say that I'm not entertained by some moments of its excessiveness. Like, the last five minutes are just, like, wow. And, like, the whole kid getting raped scene to, like, Julie Benz almost getting raped. And then um just then then the whole village scene where they where everybody gets gets gunned down and then like the last like five minutes I'm just like like there's moments to be like this movie's so bizarre for me that's why it's so hard for me to rate it it's like it's repul like some moments are repulsive but just like so like, <laughs> yeah and repulsive and gruesome but you like there's some like morbid like... Like there's like some morbid curiosity out of that, and that's just like it's so it's, well, it's so we weird. About, like really? I said, it, I can't go I can't go there's, higher than I can't go as high as B. So.
1: There's another thing we haven't talked about, and that's the absolute just villainy of these soldiers. Yeah, these soldiers are insane. They're disgusting. Like when they take the people to the killing fields to make them run through pools of mines, I was actually shocked by that. I was like, really? That's fucked up. That, are you really going to make them do that? That's because really, like They're surrounded by some of the most heinous acts that have already occurred in this film and all the dead bodies of their loved ones, and then they're going to make them perform a relay race for money, and they're going to take bets on it? That's insane. That's insane. So I, I really agree with you. It isn't just the gore, and it isn't just the content they get away with with some of the gore. Yeah. These, these bad guys are really disgusting bad guys. Yeah. They really went out of their way to say this is what war is. And the reason you don't see this in movies is because this this is what war is. And you're like, "Oh, okay, you know, um maybe you shouldn't have made a Rambo movie out of that." Yeah. Rambo's Man. a cartoon character. He's an action hero. He, this is not don't put real like that's why that's why it was so weird for the second movie to exist because the first movie tells you that real world war will screw you up to the point that something like this can happen. This isn't what really happens. They don't really do this Vietnam vets, but this is what PTSD does to a person. It makes them lose senses. It makes them it take them back to horrible events. And It was the horrible events of the war that take people to those extremes mentally and psychologically. To turn that person into an action hero was actually pretty disgusting. And I never liked that idea. But I did appreciate that as, a, they are, that as Rambo is a fictional character, that who gives a crap? He's a fictional character. He's malleable. He's clay. With the right people and the right medium, you can turn him into an action hero. Mm. And they did. And they mm. did it properly. But then when you get to this fourth movie... And you actually, you're not seeing PTSD. You're no longer seeing this guy's PTSD in the flashbacks of him killing people anymore. What you're now seeing is real world war. That's the step too far. Like turning turning a fictional character with PTSD into an action hero. Maybe you can do that. In fact, you can. But if you want to actually show us the war that he now is telling us he enjoys. You've gone too far. It's a visual movie. We're now, that's why Saving Private Ryan works. These people don't want to go to hell, but they did for us. And now we have our freedom. You need to thank these people for what they did. Rambo's not actually doing this in Burma. He's making a movie so that people can realize that other people are doing it in Burma. And he does inspire people through this film to do it in Burma. But he didn't do it. And Rambo didn't do it. No, there is no person like Rambo capable of doing it, and it's not like there's ever going to be a person whose post-traumatic stress is their superhero spinach that makes them the reason wars end. It's never going to happen. That's why you don't do that. I—that's my—that would—I say that is the biggest downfall politically about this film. You can't. Take a character who you've comedically, I wouldn't say comedically, but almost cartoonishly turned into a superhero through his PTSD, and then show us what made him that way and expect us to understand him better. No. Like, you just need to stick to the action. Don't Mm. actually show us bloody limbs and kids getting bayoneted and shot and, like, people getting gunned down left and right and exploding left and right and kids getting raped and people getting away with it. Like, that's... I don't want to see war when you've already made War the backdrop of your character. Don't do that. That's that's and, the step
0: too far. Here's the thing. Like, now that I think about it, this plot is almost like the third movie. If not, it is the third movie. It's like almost carbon copy. Because, like, you've got a guy um, who is psychotic and will just wander in the middle of nowhere and say he'll live day by day. And then... He's like throw, he's like, okay, somebody comes looking for him, he needs their help, he turns him down. And then they get into trouble and he has to go get them with like unwanted help, but he's gotta use them anyway and then like they kinda get it done, they make an escape and that escape in itself is a scene and then you get the end where a whole bunch of people get slaughtered and then they walk and then we all walk away and everybody's happy. And it's kind of trying to say a political message. It's the third movie, almost cut and paste.
1: Yes, except they put aliens in the middle of it.
0: It's gratuitous. It's even more gratuitous than the third one.
1: No, see, I don't mind. That's what a, that's the thing. That I, that's what a rainbow movie is. A right. rainbow movie is, and I have no problem with that. I, right. That's why I thought this movie was just going to be that with the missionary. That's what it is, just with the missionary. But the moment you add the extra team of uh, killers with you, the moment you add um, the sniper and the guy with the big mouth and the Asian guy who was awesome, like the moment you add all these other characters into the mix, it becomes a completely different movie. Because a Rambo movie is just about how Rambo is a one man army. In this movie, it's about how Rambo wouldn't do anything, was going to go on a normal Rambo mission, failed, was inspired by it, and then inspires a whole group of other men to actually do it with him. It it adds a whole other element. So, yes, it is the same movie, except that he's not alone. And you think that that isn't a big thing, but it really is. That's what compelled me in this movie. I don't think I would have kept going or thinking it it was as earnest just on its violence alone. I probably would have been checking my phone, except the mercenaries showed up, and they were talking on the boat, and they're throwing bottles off, and they're like giving each other crap, and I'm like, thank you, thank you, finally some characters in this movie. That's kind of one of the problems that I was having with the third and second movie. When it's just him and it, and the woman, it's great. But then she got murdered, and now he's going off and killing all these people by himself in the second movie. In the third movie, it's just the same thing. Like it, I was tired of him being alone. I wanted other people involved. I wanted him to be involved with them. I wanted another plan to happen. But structurally, they're like buddy buddy back and forth nitpicking. That's alien. Aliens is a group of guys who come on a mission, they don't know what they're getting involved in, and then all of a sudden they get this person who's been where they're going to, and they don't—they underestimate him. They say, stay on the ship, we're going to go on the mission. They run into trouble, and then guess what happens? The person who knew everything comes in and starts saving everything. And then it ends with everyone getting massacred, and the one person left who's done all this before is the one saving the day. It's the exact same thing, but just with mercenaries. It's... It's great. It's what Doom is, Doom with the Rock. That's exactly what it
0: is. All right. Well. Okay. Um. So yeah, there's there's Rambo, everybody. All four movies, in a neat little bow. That's covered in blood and brains and guts and. Ugh.
1: It was a good end, man. Like I didn't exp- i didn't see. I didn't see that coming. Like, I love, I love crazy, disgusting, like, stuff. So, like, the fact that I'm, like, watched that and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, was awesome. So, thank you.
0: I'm um, actually glad I... I'm, also, glad I, be, like, struck, I'm but, sorry, go ahead. I'm glad I hyped this up for you properly. I was yeah, so dude. afraid of letting you down.
1: No, no, this was worth it. I... As an evolution of, like, films, because here's the thing, like, you're not the only person I know that loves Rocky, and uh, not Rocky, but Rambo, damn it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're not the only person I know that loves Rambo, and when they say they love Rambo, what they're really saying is they love Rambo 3 and Rambo 4. Because not, when people walk up to me and they're like, I love Mad Max, I'm like, oh, so what you really love is Mad Max 2 and 3 and Fury Road. And they're like, yeah, like the first one is always the slowest one for people. And the third one is the best out of two is way better than two. And the fourth one just came out like 10 years ago. And it was, it was on TV a lot. It was on FX a lot. I don't know how they did it, but it was on FX a lot. And that's the thing. Like people saw this and three and maybe two way more than they saw one. So I'm, I wanted to see the evolution of this character and to know that one was a solid example of a character and just one story beginning to end, second it's kind of a mess and made during his most like prime egotistical year. The third one is a way more sharper evolution of someone who's losing his grip on his stardom. And the fourth one is his first resurgence. And now we have a second one coming. All of them are different. All of them are both the evolution of a character and the person who has continued to mold it. And I loved it. And to walk away from the fourth one and be like, that violence was, you know, crazy. But also really impressed at how it was presented to me by someone that I always sort of questioned when I walk into it. He makes films like Staying Alive, which are just insane. And the second Rocky, or like the fifth Rocky and the second Rambo, which are insane. But he also makes really good movies. And he's smart. And he impresses me the more I dive into his career um, uh, post-2000. I'm interested to go to the Escape Plan movies, for example, because they seem to be his next baby, his next production. He's made three of them. So why why is he putting so much into these films? As directed TVD films, no less.
0: Mm. So let me see. Okay, so here, I just okay. So I'm looking through IMDb real quick, and then we'll put a bow on this. Um, there was the exchange of dialogue between Julie Benz and uh, Sylvester Stallone on the boat when they're before the uh, pirate scene, and she's like, "You never told us your name." He's like, "John." He's like, "Where are you from?" He's like, Bowie, Arizona." Why'd you leave? I got drafted in Nam. And you just stayed? He's like it's complicated. He's and she's like, You have family back home? He's like, Father, maybe I don't know. She's like, Aren't you curious to see how things might have changed back home? And he's like, Gotta have a reason for that. I don't know why that dialogue exchange I don't know why I like that dialogue exchange, but I love it. I don't know why. It just happens back to the first movie and his whole his whole journey up until this point. And then the stuff's and then and then the crap hits the floor or the bodies at the floor. If you if you follow the marketing back then, um, well let
1: me let me ask you a different question. Okay. What other time in the movie does he ever speak about himself?
0: Besides this one. Yes. Uh, I feel like this is a Nowhere. trick question. Yeah, I was going to say this feels like a trick question. <laughs>
1: yes, it's a character moment. The only other character moment we get is his dream, and he doesn't talk in his dream until afterwards, and that is a reflection of the dream. The one you're talking about, and the reason you like it so much, is it's about him. What's he been doing? What about his home? Does he have a father? Why doesn't he go back? Maybe he should go back. It's a conversation with a it's guy. Tell why he doesn't, doesn't go talk. back. He's just going to murder people the rest of the movie. And we want to know about more about John Rambo. We don't know a lot about Jam Rambo. Maybe we know more if one of us read the books or like did a Wikipedia. I don't know if there's even more than one book. But... When he That's why I loved him going to the farm. I was like, why does he have a farm in these previews for the next movie? It's because it was always there. It was canon, and I just never knew. And now that I get to watch it in this movie, I'm super hyped because I want to see him on a farm now. It's there. It's been put in my head. I like see, like if it was a part of the book, I would have accepted more. Now that I know there's a next movie getting made where he's on a farm and I see it here... It's a completely different thing for me than it was for people when they watched it. In 2008, for most people, this was him going home. This was him being done. He gets to go back to the US.
0: Full people circle. accept
1: him now. It's a circle. Now, now I get the but when I watched it, I swear to God, man, that music, I was like he's going to be a cowboy. I'm excited. It felt like a a <laughs> <laughs> cowboy in Mexico.
0: Like,
1: it, I don't know where it is. I think it's, it's got to be Texas.
0: No, but like apparently it's Mexico.
1: Uh, it's probably Texas, then. Okay. I'm sw- I, I'm guessing he has the farm in Mexico, but he's dealing with people from Texas. Because, right. like, it's got to be border stuff and everything. Either that or, like, the, just the cartel. Maybe he's only dealing with the cartel, like, Sicario-style.
0: Uh, Vietnam War veteran John Rambo teams up with a reporter to save a kidnapped girl from a vicious drug cartel in Mexico. Boom. Well,
1: there you go. I think, honestly... I don't think he has a farm in Mexico. I think he has a farm uh, close to the border in Texas.
0: Okay, because that would make
1: sense. Because the whole point, at least in this movie, is that he's going back home to America. It wouldn't be that he'd be going back home to Mexico. Like, how was he drafted into the Vietnam War if he was Mexican? Like, I'm pretty sure he had a a farm close to the border, and that's why he's involved in Mexican politics. But he wouldn't be going back home to Mexico at the end of this movie. The farm has to be in the U.S.
0: Well, there you go, everybody. John Rambo, until, uh... I, I
1: know it your dreams of John Rambo being a Mexican, especially since I'm Mexican, but they've already made that movie. Yeah. It's called El Mariachi, and it's also called Desperado, and it's also called Once Upon a Time in America, a, tr- a, a series I've been wanting to bring to the table for
0: a while. So, uh... Till September 20th, 2019, we're putting a bow on Rambo. Um,
1: oh, I'm actually really excited. I want to see this, this, like, really old Republican murderer, like, murder people.
0: <laughs> so, uh, until then, Sylvester, Sylvester uh, Cologne. Um, until then. <laughs> uh, that was really hard to say. That was really <laughs> hard to say. Sorry. <laughs> I saved it, but I do how to say So, um... With that, next week... Um... Hopefully get our endgame predictions fully fleshed out. And, uh, Alex and Zach... You get to see me unravel. Um, um, psychologically. And, uh, Alex and Zach can, uh... Uh, talk me off a cliff. Um... A lot. So... There's that, and then...
1: What, let me ask you this. After watching all of those Rambo movies, and we're not going to get to... We're probably going to go predictions next week, and then the week after that, we're just going to straight up all talk about Infinity War the whole time, right?
0: Uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> we Unless all we... walk away and we're
1: like, meh, that movie was meh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, let me ask you. After doing all these Rambos, what do you feel like doing? A good or a bad
0: I feel like if we're going to do Endgame, I feel like we should do Bad, because I don't think anybody's anticipating Endgame to be Bad.
1: I'm not. I'm I'm anticipating that I will enjoy it, Yes.
0: So, I'm thinking Bad after Endgame.
1: Then I'm, again, choosing either Rollerball or Roadhouse, but Roadhouse, I think, might be my new favorite choice, especially after this watch.
0: Okay, well... Alright, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the discussions we're going to be having before Endgame, because, like... Like you said, it's going to be like me having a psychological breakdown of after all the theories that I poured into this, uh... movie. Now I have to... Now you have to talk me off a cliff, and then we could talk about how we don't know what's going to happen in Endgame. And then we're going to watch Endgame, and then talk about Endgame, and how I ha- almost came out of the movie, but the bladder infection. Um, it's...
1: it's interesting to me because when it came to Star Wars, I knew what you were going to come to the table with. And you knew what you were going to come to the table with. Yeah. My only goal walking in was going to be like he has to not think that, that Snoke or Ray are going to be what he thinks they're going to be. He has to be open to a different possibility.
0: Yeah, and Ultimately, I was. That
1: happened. I, beat, I beat you down to it because you couldn't walk into that movie thinking those things. You would have walked out a different person. But in this... In this <laughs> Neither of us know what we think. So, like, I have to do my research. I'm gonna do as much research as I can without getting into those spoilers. Right. Um, uh, and then I'll come to the table with you with as many facts as I can, but if if I have nothing factual to back up something you say, I'll give you a lot more leverage because this is the first time I'll be hearing it. Right. Whatever crazy idea you come up with.
0: Yeah. I don't I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to come up with a prediction for how this movie's going to play out. Cuz I've been think- cuz I think I have Star Wars episode 9 like pat down after seeing that trailer and the context of the last two movies. I think I have that pat, pat- like I think I have that down. I just have Wait, to figure out Endgame. name. I don't even want to think about that prediction
1: episode. Like I'm I'm getting palpitations already. <laughs>
0: from episode 9?
1: No, from talking about episode 9 predictions with you before we see the movie. Oh, yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Because I don't think I'm going to be talking you off a ledge. I think I'm going to be have to deal with the excitement in your voice <laughs> and the yelling screaming. <laughs> That's what I'm anticipating for. It's the energy at which you'll come at with, with you. Because this is different than, like, two. We didn't know what the hell was going to happen with two. And I yeah. still don't necessarily know what is going to happen here. We've got to see more stuff, and more stuff's got to come out. And hopefully this won't get leaked, but... I am anticipating you being, like, a, a, an an almost erupting volcano. An, <laughs> an, an imminently erupting
0: volcano. Oh, man, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Anyway, so next week, um, either Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, we're going to do end-game predictions. Uh, last Rites, as I like to say. We're going to do Last Rites to end-game. Um and then go down with whatever ship we're sailing into it. Um, <laughs> I love how you keep talking
1: about our deaths. Like, this, like, Endgame is the day we all die. I love how that's how you're, like, describing it.
0: I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, i like like, it rolls off the tongue, right? Last rites before Endgame. I like that. Does
1: it? Well, no, yes, it does roll off the tongue, but, it's like, I thought you meant all the death talk. <laughs> like, it rolls off the mind, right? Like all this talk about us dying after, like, especially when I'm going to be there. No, I'm going to melt. With
0: a gun. I mean, me personally, I'm probably going to melt that. I'm going to have a meltdown. A good one. Um, But I'm just probably just going to have a complete meltdown. Um, I'll
1: try and look out when I walk out of the theater because I feel like you're going to be waiting to kill me afterwards and you're like, well, now's the end game.
0: We're in the end game now. Or the endgame just ended. So, uh, and I'm
1: like, is it that by last ride since I run around?
0: Um, so now I have a reason to think about endgame. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. So, yeah. With that, um, goodbye, Rambo. Uh, hello. Uh, probably dead Captain America. Um, okay, so... Let's, uh, that is my... <laughs> so, um... There you go. Uh, all right. So next week, um, end game predictions, and uh, possibly an end game review, depending on how soon we really want to talk about this. If it's the, up to that level. <clears throat> so with that, bye everybody. Say goodbye, Alex. Uh, bye
1: bye.